This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Check this out. On the weekend. Ufa. Take a journey with the people's mayor. Curtis Lewa is a politician who says don't trust politicians. It's another side of midnight with Curtis Lewa. The iconic, the legendary Curtis Lewa. This city doesn't sleep and neither does Curtis Lewa on another side of midnight. Oh, yeah. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC. Here's Curtis Lewa. love my mama she's my baby girl keep playing that music chris underneath keep playing that music because we're going to take everybody to the break of dawn there's no time to go to sleep no time to catch some z's as i've always said there'll be plenty of time to sleep when you're dead something no matter who you are rich middle class poor black white hispanic asian or other Transgender, non-binary, one of 72 different gender identifications or sexual preferences. At some point, you're room temperature, you're dead, you're a cadaver in formaldehyde, right? But you only have one mommy. 
And when you compare mommy to daddy, think about it. When you were a kid, when all of a sudden you fell and you had a boo-boo, did you run to daddy and ask him to kiss your boo-boo? Of course not. You went to mommy because you were on Mama Luke. Uh, but then again, I went to mommy too. Almost nobody goes to daddy when they hit the skids, they fall down, they hurt themselves. They call for mommy. They call for mommy. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, let's start right out of the box. Coming out of Tony Orlando with Dawn, there was a famous mobster choking on his lobsters, eating trafe. In fact, he was in the uh, chop house in Newark. And all of a sudden, guys came in and shot him multiple times. And although he wouldn't give up any secrets uh, to the police... Because he believed that snitches get stitches and end up in ditches. Who was this uh, mobster choking on his lobsters, uh, eating trafe, who actually was calling for his mother? In his waning moments in his life, calling for his mother, let me give you a little hint. He never got busted by the cops for having policy wheels on him or numbers written down on paper because he could remember everything and regurgitate the numbers when it was the appropriate time. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. I think upcoming is, what, Father's Day, uh, June 17th, I believe, or in that proximity. And people just don't pay as much attention to their daddies their fathers, their pops, as they do to their mothers. A mother can see no wrong in her son, particularly if they're of the uh, Italian background, Jewish background. The boy is the prince of the house. I know that. Having grown up in an Italian household, I could do no wrong. Both my sisters, Alida, older than me, Maria, younger than me, uh, they were always wrong. But the little Italian prince, you're always right. So it struck me as odd the other day when uh, I was coming in to do my hit at 7.05, as I do each and every Monday through Friday now for Sid Rosenberg and Friends, because I'm the only fiend in foe. I'm on each of those five days from 7.05. And remember, I started out just one morning a week at 7.05. Then I was suspended. Then I was uh, almost uh, at the point of excommunication, and they had to take a vote of their uh, counsel to determine if I would get kicked off the morning show or not. And believe it or not, it was Bo Deedle who cast a vote that determined that I would stay uh, as a part of the uh, La Familia dysfunction as it is here at WABC. And then slowly but surely, Sid had me come on twice a, uh, a week in the mornings at 7.05, then three times, then four times, and now it's a straight five. But I was listening on the airwaves the other day, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing on the number one rated uh, show in America now. That's right, the ratings are in, there's no doubt about it, Sid Rosenberg and his friends with One Fiend, One Foe Me is number one in the mornings in the tri-state area, in the tri-state area and actually uh, all across the nation. And he opted to do something that they do on the FM stations. And remember, we have an FM station, an affiliate, WLIR, and the acronym for FM stands for Freaking Morons, Feeble-Minded, Fornicating Madly, 
free marijuana, and of course, Frank Morano. But it's not the same as AM. AM is active-minded, AM is stronger, AM is more powerful. And our AM signal off of our tower of power in Lodi is 50,000 powerful watts of sound. When it gets dark out in a terrestrial radio, you can hear us in 38 states, parts of Canada, a sliver of Europe, and right on down to Davy Jones's locker between Bermuda and the Bahamas. And naturally, if you are modern and you have the technology of an app, which you can download for nothing in your smartphone or your iPhone, you can hear us crystal clear almost all over the world except for Antarctica. Uh, I don't think as you negotiate your space between the walruses and the penguins, you could hear it there. But everywhere else, crystal clear. And, of course, many of you listen on your laptop or your worktop computer to the stream. So many different ways to listen. And I was stunned that they would revert to pranking on the telephone. That's something synonymous with Z100. That's something you would hear on WKTU, the Supreme Cuisine Station. That's something that Scott Shannon used to do years ago at the old WPLJ. And then our parent uh, company at that time, Cumulus, turned the lights off. Destroy the most iconic lettered station in FM history. Put it to bed, put it to sleep, euthanized it, it never returned. And we were next on the chopping block. Next on the chopping block. And then all of a sudden was John and Marco Katsimatidis, their parent company, Red Apple Media, that snatched us up, bought us, revived us, resuscitated us, and resurrected us. And now we're back to being number one. As I've said over and over. A lot easier to get to be number one than trying to stay at number one. Now you really got to dig in. You really got to work hard because the competition is coming at you fast and furiously. So I couldn't for the life of me figure out why our news director, Noam Lady, with the help of James Flippin, our news guy, at the urging of Sid Rosenberg and uh, his board operator, wow, that was really, really difficult to understand. I would have thought he would have been the controlling interest. He would have said, hell no, we're not going to do this. But he gave a green light, and then Justin Ellick, the producer of the morning show, they determined that based on a story that was circulating, that there were going to be four different editions of Sports Illustrated with four different cover girls, one of them being Martha Stewart, at the age of 82, you know that picture was photoshopped. And I don't know if she was in the picture with her very dear friend Snoop Doggy Dog while doing Pup Pup Pass. I have no idea. But they decided to prank Sid Rosenberg's mother by calling her up in Sullivan County in the uh, Jewish Himalayas. Call her at home and ask her if she'd be willing to be one of the cover girls in the Sports Illustrated Swim Edition. Naomi, I think, is up there at about 87 or so. And she agreed. But they played it out and they carried it out and they kept going on and on and on. And I said to myself, you can't do that without there being ramifications and consequences. You prank your mom, there will be a major price to pay. So I just want to share with you what it was like listening to it the first time. And I said, I can't believe it. 
We're going to have to play it a second time because as a result of this, Sid Rosenberg has lost his voice. The curse of Naomi is upon him. No, 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 she didn't curse him. She didn't put on him any Jewish curse. Remember, a, a mom always forgives her son no matter what he's done. But it's so outraged grandmothers out there, especially the Sicilian mountain women, who are often the chaperones that you use on a date to make sure that the grandchild does not get a little too frisky, take advantage of the situation. They go and they light uh, candles uh, at the Novena at church at St. Finbar's in Bensonhurst on uh, Monday. And they do the Stations of the Cross. They go to Mass on Sundays. They do the confessional on Saturdays. And they're always there, dressed in black, mourning the loss of their husband, who usually dies far earlier than they do. The Sicilian Mountain Women, growing those mustaches. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, where is St. Finbar's? And what famous singer used to go to St. Finbar's, I believe the Roman Catholic school, and church there until all of a sudden he reached his fame and fortune out in Las Vegas? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. So I want to play you a series uh, of conversations that were taking place between our news director, Noam Layden, his assistant, James Flippin, Sid Rosenberg, the host, his board op. I'm not even going to say his name. I hate him. I despise him. I loathe him. He was the first person I saw many years ago at the old WABC after he had been sacked along with Imus over that uh, Rutgers basketball girl uh, so-called uh, words that caused them to cry, although they'd be listening to rap songs that were ten times worse. Anyway, I digress. Uh, and, of course, uh, Justin Ellick, the producer. Listen to how they were having fun at Naomi's expense, mother of Sid Rosenberg, having big belly laughs and causing, eventually, the uh, the curse, the malukia. The surface and affect Sid Rosenberg to the point where when I checked in with him today, his voice was gone. Gone. And I don't know what are the things that we can do to try to resuscitate that voice because apparently he has offended the goddess of all mothers from Greek mythology. Oh my God, you can replace the name for the word angel with my mother in this song. <laughs> Jay Giles, Xenobold. So once again, well, it's been a great show. Bobby Hortman from Mainstream House. I'll be speaking there tonight to some of my brothers and sisters in recovery. He was great. Curtis Sliwa was always tremendous. And Judge Napolitano, really good. Still to come, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, and Joseph Aboud. But I told you earlier that fresh off the Martha Stewart success with the swimsuit issue for Sports Illustrated, my mother, who you guys love, she's become a cult hero here, Naomi Rosenberg, she actually received a phone call, too, from Sports Illustrated. I think two phone calls. And they sent us both calls. Two phone calls in an effort to get her. Like Martha Stewart. My mom is six years older than Stewart. But uh, God bless Naomi. 
at the age of 88, keeps herself in great shape, still wears a bikini. So the first call, I guess, and this guy says he's a fan of mine. I don't know him. I think his name is Bob Rose at Sports Illustrated. He made the first phone call to my mother, and it sounded like this. Hello? Hi, Mrs. Rosenberg? Who's this? This is Bob Rose over at Sports Illustrated. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? What's, too, what's, what's, what's up? Not too bad. Actually, you know, I'm calling because I'm a big fan of your son, obviously. Uh, you know, listened to him for years on WFAN. And now I'm working on the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. We just had so much success with the Martha Stewart photo shoot that we're reaching out to people with connections to sports. Uh, specifically for me, what I'm working on is people connected to sports talk radio. And we wanted to reach out to you and kind of gauge, you know, potentially your interest in being involved. In, in what sense? How would I be involved? Well, you know, what we're doing is basically setting up next year's photo shoots. Yes. I don't know if you might have, like, somewhere nearby. There's sometimes, you know, we'll use a park or maybe, like, a, a pool-type setting or something like that. And, you know, we take some very classy photos, you know, especially in the, the swimsuit edition. It's more about showing athleticism and, you know, the power of women and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I would have to get back to you. I'm busy now with a, a, a project, so it's, and time element is a problem with me at the moment, but... No problem. I would I would definitely uh, consider doing something like this. Okay, great. Well, like I said, I'll have uh, one of my colleagues reach out. Really appreciate you taking the call. Uh, big fan Thanks. of your son over the years. Uh, right. You know, I know he's doing the more you know political and, and news oriented stuff now, but big uh, yes, big fan yes. of his sports but he stuff. Also, you know, he also gets his his two cents in sports because it's in his blood. So, absolutely. Okay, Mr. Rose, I would definitely. Uh, consider you know having you come to where i am and what? uh thank you so much thank you for taking the call we'll be in touch and thank you have a good day god you watch. too bye-bye love <laughs> okay so that's the first phone call so i swear to god so i'm walking into my building yesterday and my mother calls me and goes who is this guy bob rose i go my I don't know what you're talking about. So she explains the call to me. I go, Mom, why didn't you just say yes? This is a big deal. She's like, well, you know, maybe he's a pervert. and I don't know. Should I tell him where I live? And I'm like, yes. Tell him everything. Give him everything, Mom. So I go, when is the next phone call? She says, I don't know. She said, some other big shot over there is going to call me next. And I said, okay, when they call you next, the next phone call, agree to do it. It's a big deal, Mom. So sure enough. And by the way, he is a pervert. (laughs) So sure enough, there was a second phone call. And I believe this is the one where Naomi Rosenberg agrees to do this. So, um, and, and my mom is on hold, mind you. She's going to join us live right after this. Can't make this up. So here's the second phone call from the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Photo Office to my mom and Connie Hunger Lake, Naomi Rosenberg. Hello. Hey, is this Naomi? Speaking. Bob Lipschitz from Sports Illustrated Magazine. How are you? I'm good, Bob. How are you? I'm the final hurdle you have to get through before we can put you in Sports Illustrated Magazine. I'm the one they, they make ask the tough questions. 
Okay. I know we asked you about a bikini. Do you feel comfortable posing in a bikini? I have no problem with that. That's all I wear. I don't even own a one-piece bathing suit. We approached Hillary Clinton to be on one side. She'd be on the left side of this pictorial as, you know, because she's left-wing. And because you're right-wing, we'd have you on the oh, right. I was going to say that. I was going to say, I don't know if that's going to work with her because I am on the right side, not the left side. So tell me if you'd be comfortable with this. We'd have you in the swimming pool, and you'd have a Uzi, you'd have your bikini on, and an, uh, an Uzi machine gun and bullets across your chest. So, you know, to show how right-wing you are. Is that okay? And then... Our other thought okay. is what we do is we shoot video at the same time. So we'd have you coming up the stairs of the pool to some form of music. Do you have something, some sort of music that you're really comfortable with? Like I was thinking maybe, you know, ba da 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 Da, yeah, da, anything da, but this. Da, I'm not da, into heavy da, metal or these uh, or the new music of today. Uh, this is kind of an uncomfortable question, but I'll, I'll just ask it anyway because we did this with Martha Stewart. Like, like Bill Clinton took private pictures of Hillary Clinton, and and so we're going to ask him to share some of those. Do you have private pictures, maybe that your husband took that you might feel comfortable, or something that you feel really sexy in? Well, um, I have like. One like just coming out of the shower. What? But I'm part. I'm covered, you know, of course. But you see, like part of my leg, and it's like a towel around me. It's, you know, it's definitely a sexy picture. Who, who took that picture? My husband, of course. Who else? <laughs> so I think we're all good. I am going to um, take you. There's one more level, and uh, we'll give you a hour back. And it was really a pleasure talking to you. It was a pleasure talking to you. God, they will go to hell, all of them. You heard uh, Gnome Laden, James Flippin, Lou Rafino laughing like a jackal, a hyena in the back with Justin Ellick, and of course the ringmaster, Sid Rosenberg, Naomi's son. They will go to hell for this. There is no doubt in my mind. But it went from the sublime to the really, really bad. All right, so there it is. I had no idea my mom had like almost uh, like a semi-naked picture that my father took. So, but yeah, who knows? Good luck in therapy with that. Yeah, <laughs> So here she is, everybody. The great Naomi Rosenberg, my mom. Mom, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. How are you? Is everybody having fun? So, are you going to do this? You know what, Sydney? I'm waiting for more particulars. I yeah. committed to do it. I don't have a problem in a bathing suit and a right. bikini coming sure. out of our pool, which our pool is not open yet, of course. No, of course. But this this is happening for next year's Sports uh, 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 Illustrated, so I have time. Um, but I will see what else. What else? All right. You know what else they're really going to come about? Right. If they ask to do something naked, Ma, don't do it, please. I'm begging you, don't do no, that. No, I would never do that. Well, you crazy? What was you a lot of money? Want your daddy jumping out of the grave? God forbid. What if they offered you a million no. dollars, Daddy? Would be okay with that? No. 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 There's no amount of money no amount that of would money. do that. No he was way. Too, too important and too precious to me. Forgetting about no. my no. feelings. Yeah. I have to respect him, even though he's not here anymore. Yeah. But it's supposedly going to be in good taste, so we'll see, Sydney. Yeah. You know I am i don't have a problem. You know, yeah. I'm tough. Oh, very tough. Everything has to be, you know, correct. You saw that white bikini that barely covers your boobies, Mom? 
Not one that you wear for like 20 years in Florida. I mean, everything I have barely covers these girls that I own. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to wear a bikini, you know, and sure. that's whatever shows. But it's going to be, I don't, I'm not doing no butt bikini or, in, you know, butt showing. Butt bikini? So, what are you talking so, about? Yeah, you, you know, know I'm not do doing that. one of these. No. no, no. So, well, again, it's going to be. What did What did your I daughter do. say? Well, what did your daughter say? My sisters, are they for I didn't it? discuss it with anybody, Sydney. Yeah. I only discussed it with you, right? Because I wanted to make sure that it was a safe yeah. thing to do, and that's the only reason I didn't discuss it with the soul. Right. And now let's see where this takes us. You know, yeah. I. Yeah. Again, I, I did commit, but uh, hmm. nothing is written in stone. I don't know if I have to sign anything or whatever. Sure. And if I do have to do that, then, yeah. of course, I will seek you again. Well, then you got to call uh, your daughter-in-law, Danielle, and make sure this is a legal contract. Well, that, that's what I mean. Danielle, are you getting so paid for this? Mom, are they going to pay you for this? Well, I'll, off the year, I'll tell you what's happening. Okay. I really not discuss. Yeah. You know, I think it's still Sports Illustrated, and I don't know if they'd want me to divulge anything like mm-hmm. this. But I, off the year, yeah. I will tell you what the deal is. So, Mom, did it ever occur to you at any point during either one of these phone calls that I don't know, maybe just maybe, it was one of the guys from my show that made a call to you, and not really Sports Illustrated. Well, that's why I say that's why I call you because I, yeah. I you know, this came out of, you know, just yeah. came out of the, right, out of the year. And but I now said, that you've had these two phone calls, you feel like it's it's it is legitimate, right? It's it's a legitimate thing, yes. Well, I think so. Sure. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I have no way of proving this, of course. Yeah. So I yeah. see what what's going to follow, and then I will have to have sure. you have to be advised. Uh-huh. Because right. I don't want to get into something where it's no, no. you know not 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 safe for me too. Of I course. still live here alone, no, of course. you know. No, I love you. I'd never and do that. that. Right. And so, you know, that's I, why I, 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 I can't even, I can't do this anymore. Mom, say hello to Gnome Layden. Gnome. Oh, yes. You, uh, you and Jim, who both work in our news department, those are the two phone calls to my mother. Neither one of you guys have ever worked with Sports Illustrated. Never. But you guys set up these phone calls, and it was brilliant, hilarious stuff. So right now, Noam, yes. you need to tell Naomi the truth. Well, Naomi, the truth is is that your <laughs> I'm going to blame your granddaughter. Your granddaughter, Ava, called us up over the weekend, and she said, please, you'll make me smile so widely and laugh so hard if you play this prank on my grandmother and tell her she's going to be in the senior citizen edition of Sports Illustrated. Oh, no. Uh, it wasn't Ava. It was and uh, we love Ava, so we couldn't say no. <laughs> so... I guess I'm the one that has to tell you that neither of those calls were real. Okay, no problem. (laughs) (laughs) You should be ashamed of yourself, lipshits. God. (laughs) My, you did such a great job. You played it off so brilliantly. It was great. (laughs) Okay. All right. No problem. I think you're mad, Mom. I think you sound mad a little bit. No, no. It was like a good joke. Right. Okay. It was a very good joke, yes. (laughs) It was me, not Ava. It was me, not Ava, but... I thought it would be funny right. if, if the Martha's daughter go, my mom keeps herself in such great shape. Why couldn't my okay. mother do it? So it was really right. a compliment, Mom. That's wonderful. Everybody had a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? Right. You know? Who cares? Uh, I don't care. Very good. Very good. All right. It was all fun. 
and that's good. Fun is fun. Fun is good. What's going on in this day and age? Who cares? Right. Right. Really cares what's really going on? Sure. Someone has to make a joke. I don't. I'm. I have tough skin. I don't really care. Yeah. You know. No. Well, you did great. I thought you did great. So, any thoughts on uh, Donald Trump in Iowa the last couple of days? Well, I'm waiting to hear what he has to say tonight, and uh, then I'll be able to have a little more uh, to say about it. But right now, I want to reserve judgment. You know, he's my man, and no matter what goes on, Mm -hmm. that's fine. Mm -hmm. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, let's see what happens, you know. Right now, there's a lot going on with DeSantis and, and, and this one and that one and you know, at this moment, I don't know what the heck is going to happen. Conversation continued between Sid and his mother, Naomi. Oh, my God. They pranked. They pranked Naomi, Sid's mother. They did it together collectively. They planned it out. This is the sin of all sins. This is the original sin that could never be washed away. By the death of Jesus Christ. This is a stain that immediately caused Sid within the hour to totally lose his voice. So, as of right now, the odds of me working tomorrow are slim. I want to finish today's show and go to the gym, which is making Lou very upset. Why? Why does that bother you? I'm not making me upset. It's it good. is. It's, it's a good plan. Why is it a bad plan? Tell me. Tell me. And they went on and on. And then finally, um, I received the bat signal. I was already on the E-train uh, on my way in to the studio to do my hit five five mornings a week at 7.05. And Noam Layden called up and said, sits down for the count. He can barely talk. And this is what it sounded like when he transferred the 50,000 powerful watts of sound over to me. I mean, I've done morning radio for many, many years with different partners, but uh, at approximately 6.45 a.m. on Friday morning, the exchange was made and Sid just continued to lose his voice. It sounded like he had swallowed a coquille, maybe even eight frogs altogether. I love Coldplay, you? Oh, it's not going to be easy today. Won't be easy, but we, we're going to make it. How do you know? I, I don't know about know. that. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Well, I could, I could see you, so yeah. that's how I know. No, I look great. Yeah, yeah of course you look great, great. But, yes. But I can't talk. It's going to be rough. Where is Curtis? He has to do the show today. He doesn't have to do it. And I immediately jumped in. I started at 6.45, and I continued the marathon that I'm used to. But I, for the life of me, cannot figure out. We never prank anybody on AM radio. It's just not a part of our thing. But for some strange reason, Sid went along with his crew's desire to prank Naomi to suggest that, like Martha Stewart, she also could be a cover girl of Sports Illustrated, their senior citizen edition. And she went for it lock, stock, and barrel. But I ask all of you, pranking your own mother or grandmother, what are the deleterious effects? What are the ramifications? What are the penalties? Because right now, I tried to communicate with Sid Rosenberg earlier on Saturday, and he still had no voice. 
and he's tried almost everything under the sun. And I told him it is the curse of the Malukia that he must have removed from uh, himself. It was put on to him by a collective group of Sicilian mountain women, the Chiches and Zips, who were born themselves not far from Palermo and made the voyage across the Atlantic here to the United States and brought the traditions of Vendetta and blood feud over with them. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. This is Another Side of Midnight with Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC. Here's Curtis Lewa. Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. I have a uh, email that has come in here that has said, "Hey, I'm of Sicilian heritage, born in Brooklyn, with Italian being my first language. I'd like to correct you on two Italian phrases you keep mispronouncing, Curtis. It's Madonna Mia, not Madonna Mai." Well, that may be in Sicilian, but I'm telling you in Bades, it is not Madonna Mia. It is Madonna Ma. And uh, I'm expecting Italians of all good uh, background to respond to this, to take my side in this argument, and not this cheech, this zip, who says that I'm mispronouncing uh, Madonna Mia as he pronounces it, and I say it's Madonna Ma, which is... Uh, about A's. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. You say Madonna Mai all the time, but that's incorrect. It should rhyme with Kia, the Korean automobile manufacturer. You couldn't be more hopelessly wrong, Angelo. 
And then secondly, he says the word is malukio, not malukia. It ends with the high O sound like jello. Please take note. Your your mispronunciations are driving me crazy. You remind me of Leo Gorsi from the Bowery Boys who used to mispronounce every other word. But he was supposed to sound ignorant. You are extremely bright. Certainly not ignorant, but you, Curtis Sliwa, are driving me crazy. Oh, come on. You're not going to side with the chip and the, uh, the cheech and the zip on this one. You're going to side with the guy who's bad days, right? From Andrea, right along the Adriatic coast of the boot body. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Paulie in Hartford. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Paulie. Hello, you're the greatest. I just want to talk about Sid for a minute. I think he's a buffoon. Allowing them to talk about, even if, uh, in due respect, Sid's mother's father took a photo of her, and allowing the, the buffoons to talk about that on air, and then talking about her breasts. I mean, he's a buffoon. Hate that guy. He's a buffoon. I mean, you know, for God's sake. I mean, you know, and he's an arrogant bastard. And, you know, he thinks that he he's more colorful than, uh, than uh, Rush Limbaugh. He couldn't do a show by himself for, for four hours like you do or Rush. Man, I will, I will tell you, Paulie, what are the ramifications? What are the consequences? Uh, he's lost his voice. I tried talking to him earlier on Saturday. He was down for the count. Do you think this is in direct ramification uh, for the way he pranked his mother and his pack of jackals and vipers and hyenas laughing in the background? Well, they're going to burn in purgatory for at least 2,000 years for this. And they can jackal like hyenas in purgatory. So he will burn in hell for at least 2,000 years for this. Yes, yes. I mean, talking about private photos. I don't know. Seem to be having problems with our phones again. Hey, Dan, the man, wherever the hell you are, you better get your butt out there to our disquantificator, our Tower of Power in Lodi, right above Satin Dolls. I guarantee you, before he climbs the uh, ladder to the tower to look at the discronificator, which scrambles the AM signal and quantifies it and separates it from the FM signal from WLIR, he'll probably end up getting a Brumsky and a lap dance by one of the girly girls or someone acting like they're a girl, even though anatomically they're a male. And then Dan will wake up and say, what the hell is going on? I know it's 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tom in Westchester. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Tommy. Uh, good morning, uh, Curtis. I'm just outraged by what uh, Sid subjected his mother to. Mm. Uh, I heard it all the other day, and you played it again. May, may they all rot in hell. She's a wonderful woman. She's 88 years old. She's sharp as a tack. But but they they got over on her and that that is unconscionable. It's dysgraphia. It's just it, I, I came. My mother died in my arms at age ninety six, mm-hmm. and, and 
your mother's your mother. And you don't do that for what, a little better ratings? What What is in his mind? That he, he lost his voice, he's going to lose a lot more soon. Yeah, I got to tell you, I think he's having second thoughts now that he cannot recover his voice, meaning that going into Monday, I might have to substitute it for him again, Tom. I think he's understanding that there are serious ramifications when you mess with your mom. I agree 1,000%. That is that is the one person in the world, Tom, you never disparage. You never, because mom can see no wrong in their sons. They will make excuses for their sons to the end of time. The son could be a serial killer. They'll ask mom, what do you think of your son? They say, well, uh, he must have fell on his head. He, was, he wasn't born that way. He used to be a beautiful boy. He was such a nice person. He he went out of his way to help people, right? How many times have you heard mothers say that, Tom? Many, many. Yeah. Yeah. And how he could do this to Naomi. We never do that. We don't do prank calls on AM. You do that on FM. You do that on Z100. KTU, the Supreme Cuisine Station, the OPLJ, WCBS-FM. What do you think? possessed him to do something he's never done before, Tom. I don't think she'll ever completely forgive him. Hmm. You think that... She's, eight, she, she's 88 years old. She's sharp as a tack. Yes. And and, she, and she's on the right side of things, and people love her. Hmm. But I mean, that, that had to hurt her. That that, that I, I, I don't know what he was thinking. And, and there's a word I won't use. Noam Layden can... <laughs> Take a flying leap of a shirt. Yep. I mean, I mean, and the other clown, the backer. This is this is not the Yimish show, which I never liked, by the way. A bunch of clowns are laughing all in the background, and that's not talk radio to me. I, I go, I go back to J- Long John Neblin and Gene Shepard. Oh, Gene Shepard yeah, and Long John Neblin, the tradition, the tradition. Wow, I should never have done that. But he was joined by a pack of jackals and hyenas led by our news director, Noam Lady. And you heard them laughing in the background, laughing at Naomi. They'll pay for this. They'll pay for this until the the ends of time. 1-800-848-9222. This is Another Side of Midnight with Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC. Here's Curtis Lewa. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. No more, Sid. Don't hurt Naomi. No more. Don't hurt me. Hurt your mother, Naomi said. 
you heard it. You will burn in eternal damnation in hell for what you did to Naomi. As you will, Gnome Laden and James Flippin and Lou Rafino and Justin Ellett in hell. break the dawn as Sid sits in a room unable to talk unable to even go nothing nothing his vocha is dead is this a direct ramification of pranking his mother Naomi I can't ever imagine pranking my beloved mother, Francesca. Nor could any of you. Fathers, yes, yes. Prank my daddy, yes. You'd probably get a good laugh out of it. But your mother is saint-like. When you think, who's a saint of all the people that you know in your life? Unless it's mommy dearest. Well, there are some of those mothers out there. Your mother's like a saint. And especially in an Italian family and in a Jewish family, the mother is put up on a pedestal. The father may boast, the father may be uh, a bully in business, a bully in the streets, but when he comes home, he submits to the to the person that rules the roost. And it's the woman that wears the pants in the Italian house and in the Jewish house. There's no doubt about it. I don't know how Sid can ever make amends for this. He had risen into rarefied atmosphere. There have been very few broadcasters here at WABC that have ever achieved ratings in the sevens. Sevens! Most of us, we're in the twos and threes. He has been super spectacular in taking a morning show. At one time, that involved both he and his partner Bernard McGurk, and then tragically Bernard passed to the hereafter last year because he had failed to take a simple PSA test, the prick of the finger, a simple blood test, guys. You got to do it starting at the age of 40. And if, in fact, they determine that you have uh, prostate cancer at any level, there's like 99 remedies now that exist that can get you back on track. So that you won't have to think, gee whiz, I better take one last cruise around the world because once I come back, it's ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It's not like that any longer. But I fear that Sid Rosenberg will not recover his voice. 
that the damage has been done. I am prepared to go to Marcy Avenue on the J train in the morning. Go back to the home of a former guardian angel of mine who was second in command of the Williamsburg Patrol, whose mother was a Santaria priestess. And I will stop at the nearby Botanica that is at 3rd and Roebling in the old south side, although the hipsters and millennials have basically taken over the place. And I am more than uh, ready to reverse that curse of the Malukia. It's the Malukia. It's not Malukio. As this Sicilianist cheat writes me, Angelo, claiming that I'm mispronouncing Italian words and that every time that I do that, he says, I'm killing him and killing the language. Stupid. Mind your own business there, Angelo. You talk your Siciliano, I'll talk my bodies. Anyway, let's uh, go to Victor, who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Victor. What's up, Curtis? How you doing, buddy? Not so, uh, so I got—I know a little bit about this. My mother's from Body, my father's from Lazio, and I grew up with those with with those words my whole life. So, my mother would say "Madonna mai," and my father, who speaks perfect Italian, would say "Madonna mia," and. <clears throat> But yeah, you see, so but, but you see, Victor, you did indicate that there were two different ways that Italians pronounced that word. I grew up in a household, the body side of my mom's household. My father was Polish from uh, the Chicago side. And uh, I would constantly hear Madonna Mai. So in my household, the Pade's household, they were from the town of Andrea, right near the Adriatic coast. They would use the term Madonna Mai. Now, if somebody were to come along and say Madonna Mi, they, they would understand that it's the same thing, except with the accent applied a little differently, uh, a difference in the, the uh, what can we say, como si qua, what, what, what can we say, uh, uh, the offshoot of what might be pure Italian. An A at the end of everything. But... I wanted to touch on on, uh, on Sid for a second too. So, I I see it from like a different thing. I lo- I love Sid. Just so you, know, I've been listening to Sid forever. I started listening to him with Joe Benigno. It, it was one of my favorite things to do was listen to Sid when I was in the car. So, but when I heard that phone call in the beginning, they had me fooled the first the first part of it. But then I recognized Noam Layden's voice. And I, I started saying to myself, there is no way he's doing this to his mother. There is no way. I, it, I cringed at it, and I shut it off. I couldn't believe that he actually did it. I, and, and honestly, I agree with the guy that just called you. I wanted to choke out Noam Layton at the time he was doing it. Like, when I realized it was him, I couldn't believe it. Uh Victor, Victor, I don't know what came over these guys. As you know, you've listened, as you said to Sid, going back to Joe Benigno on WFAN. I used to listen to that show, too, because I would go back and forth whenever I was bored at listening to the same boring talk on uh, WABC. I I love sports. Uh, The Curtis Lee was super sports spectacular. I've been fired twice doing sports talk radio, and they were a very good team. 
But what came over that you never heard pranking on WABC? Never. Nobody ever pranked anybody by making a fake phony phone call, especially to your mother. What the hell do you think came over him and Noam Layden? They should have known better. Honestly, and she's recently widowed and like, you know, it's, you know, she, she's almost crying to herself every time, every time she's on the radio, uh, when, when her husband gets mentioned, like, I was like shocked, literally, legitimately shocked that, that Sid went that route. Well, well, now, now we do see the ramifications. He's lost his voice. Uh, uh, I, I gave him different remedies, legal and illegal. He's lost his voice, Victor. He may not return on Monday. I think he's beginning to realize it's not psychosomatic. It's not uh, It's not uh, an allergy. Uh, he didn't bruise his throat. This is, this is uh, a higher form really wreaking vengeance on him for what he did to his mother. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you, I... How I would say it is, it's the Maloitia, the Maloitia. Now, you see, I grew up in the Bade's household where we called it the Maluchia. Yeah. So you called it the Maluchia, and we called it the Maluchia, and you grew up in a Sicilian household, correct? No, uh, half Bade's and half, uh, my father's from Lazio, so sort of Rome. Ah, so mente, mente, poco, poco is like half and half. Yep. Wow, you see, you see, Victor, you prove my point that in the various Italian dialects of which the Rome, the folks from Rome had a different dialect and the folks from Calabria, then from Naples and from Bari, then from Sicily, there are those slight differences. So I salute you, Victor, for correcting the guy, Angelo, who wrote me this vicious email questioning my pronunciations. You imagine anybody ever questioning a pronunciation, whether in English or Italian, that I would make, or Yiddish. Let's face it, those are the three languages that I speak extemporaneously on. English. In fact, I suggest that many of those illegal aliens that have flooded into our country, almost none who speak English, that they be forced to listen to me. And learn English Curtis Sliwa style. Sliwanics. And you hear me speak Bades from time to time. And certainly Yiddish. Because anybody who's ever worked retail has learned Yiddish. Normally the curse words, just like in Bades. But eventually you learn the rest of the language. But I can assure you this. Sid is a schmuck, a putz, a schmendrick, a pisher. And a Gabon. And I don't know how he can remedy what is truly a curse on his voice as a result of pranking his beloved mother, Naomi, in the Jewish Himalayas up in Sullivan County, who is just about ready to cry. Take
Take a journey with the people's mayor. Curtis Sliwa is a politician who says don't trust politicians. It's another side of midnight with Curtis Lewa. The iconic, the legendary Curtis Lewa. This city doesn't sleep, and neither does Curtis Lewa. On another side of midnight. Oh, yeah. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC. Here's Curtis Lewa. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. You don't prank your mother. Hate that guy. Self-control, Sid. You don't prank her. I'm the man. You're too big for your britches. Back on 88th and 3rd at the old pastels in Bay Ridge, if everybody heard that Sid had pranked his mother, oh, what would be scratchiata? What would your friends Joel Tacopina have said? What would Arthur Idella have said? They would have turned their backs on you, Sid. You don't prank your mother. You don't make fun of your mother.
Odyssey shit. You would have walked on 8th Avenue in Bay Ridge, and the bouncers outside would have said, You can't come in here. You pranked your mom. This is what happens, ladies and gentlemen, when you're riding so high in the ratings. When you're the most listened to morning talk show in America. And then you think you're impervious to consequences. That you could do the indescribable. Prank your mother. Make fun of your mother. And as she's crying there in Sullivan County in the Jewish Himalayas. Looking at a picture of her husband recently departed. And a picture of her son who she adores, like every Jewish mother adores their sons and Italian mothers. And she's probably saying, I do forgive him. I do forgive him. And she does. But we collectively will never forgive Sid. Even the creatures of the night will never forgive you, sir. You'll need to fall on your sword. You'll need to show humility. You'll need to return when your voice is finally restored. And apologize endlessly to your beloved mother, 88 years old, who thought she was going to be on the cover. A Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. For this you will burn in hell. Lou Rafino. Justin Ellick. Noam Laden. James Flippin. And the cast character of Mayhem. The ringleader of the three ring circus known as Sid Rosenberg and Friends. Sid Rosenberg himself. You could have an asbestos suit on. You will be singed. I'm the man. I haven't got the will to try and fight against him tomorrow. So I guess I'll just believe it. Tomorrow, never know. I said night. I'm living in the forest of the dreams. I know. I must 
Justin Ellick, producer. Lou Rafino, board operator. Noam Layden, news director. James Flippin, news person. And a man who thinks he's the greatest thing that has ever done talk radio. Sid Rosenberg. He's been knocked down a few pegs. He may never again recover the stature, the standing of being the number one news talk host on morning radio in America. And he is. The statistics back that up, the analytics, the ratings back that up. I've done mornings for many, many years. With I'm different the man. I know, I know you're the man, but you can't even you can't even croak like a frog, like a coquille. Your voice has been taken from you. You have committed a sin of omission. You have the original stain of sin on your soul. Hate this, that guy. This goes back to Cain and Abel. This goes back to, yes, when all of a sudden that fragile femme fatale reached for that apple on the tree and said, eat of this apple. And remember, it's never been the same since. It's never been the same since. You must apologize to Naomi, Sid. I don't know how you're going to do it now that you've lost your voice. Sign language, telegraph, Western Union. Somehow, some way, you must convey the sorrow that you feel. You can't sleep. Immediately, there will be a plague of locusts outside of your home that you're returning to in Bell Harbor. Find a way to show humility. Find a way to buck and bow and tender the sorrow that should be conveyed to all of your listeners in this vast audience of WABC because there's one thing you never do. You never prank your mother. You never make fun of your mother. Uh. Let's go to David in Pennsylvania. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, David. Curtis, I'm worried. I'm concerned. I'm concerned. The disgratificator... On the transmission tower has nothing to do with the phone lines. The Kumazagama, the the uh, Malachia, has spilled over into the phone system from the Disgrazia. Could be the problem. You're right. I've had it now two evenings in a row to the break of dawn, David, even after... Our head engineer went out to the tower and climbed it and fixed it. You know, from the hail. We had the uh, golf ball-sized hail uh, Friday night. It did damage. He corrected it. But you're absolutely right. There's no reason. It was gorgeous weather all day today. 
it, it may have spilled over. This is more serious than we might know. What would you suggest that Sid do? He's lost his voice. He could not even croak today to to undo this. Well, the, it's obvious. The only thing to help this would be the um, intervention of you and your vast knowledge of people that can remove the Malokia. That's all there is to it. Because his, this is not his wheelhouse. This is your wheelhouse. That is true. I have uh, lived a life of blood feuds and vendettas uh, that I've had for other people and that they've had for me. I remember as a young boy in uh, Jungle Jenny Wilson's class in PS 114, she was walking up and down. She said, Curtis, what are you writing? And I showed it to her, and it was my daily list of all the people I wanted to kill. And back then, they didn't uh, take you to a shrink and try to figure out why all the furniture was upstairs and rearranged in the wrong rooms. They sat you down and say, you know, there are other ways, Curtis, that you can deal with this hate that you have inside of your heart for people. And I said, look, look, teacher, I respect you. You're not on my hit list here. But like half the students in the class were on my hit list. And I didn't go on to become a psychotic serial killer, as the shrinks would have suggested, David. But uh, you're right. I am a person who knows what a vendetta and a blood feud is. I, there is only one recourse. I will have to go bright and early in the morning before the support the Israel Day Parade, which once again I will march in with the guardian angels as we do each and every year. I will go to the Botanica on 116th Street and 3rd Avenue. It's right near the Mickey D's and the Kentucky Fried Chicken. This, they sell all kinds of potions and lotions, and they have these Santeria saints. It's the only way we can turn the tide on something I never thought in 35 years of radio that I would ever experience. To say I'm shocked is an understatement. I just never, ever heard anything like this. Will you prank and make fun of your own mother? And then look at the ramifications. The very next day, I want you to listen to Sid. This was in the morning. The very next day. So, as of right now, the odds of me working tomorrow are slim. I want to finish today's show and go to the gym, which is making Lou very upset. Why? Why does that bother you? I'm not making me upset. It's it good, is. It's a good plan. <laughs> Why it's is it a bad plan? plan? Tell me. Tell me. And see, Lou understood. He's Italian. He understood. Sid was oblivious. He lives in his own little world. Lou understood. You disgraziato was already done. And then, right before 645, Friday morning, as I was prepared to do my daily hit at 7.05, as I am on Monday through Friday, 7.05 with Sid. He tapped out. He said, no mas, no mas. He gave in to the demon that had invaded his larynx, his esophagus, and had clogged his ability to speak. I had suggested that his only remedy was to go and get an endoscopy at the same time as a colonoscopy and hope that both probes could hit in his esophagus simultaneously. 
One from above, the endoscopy, and one from below, in the tuchus, the colonoscopy, right? But he chose not. He said, look, I can get over this. I don't need your help. I'm a Jew. I'm the chosen person. I'm omnipotent. I'm pretentious. We survived the plague of uh, locusts. We survived cholera. We survived diphtheria. We survived Yul Brenner chasing us through the deserts of the Sinai as we escaped as the Red Sea parted for us with Moses to the promised land. I don't need the help of any stinking Gentiles. And look at him right now. And I will tell you what I did. I reached into my wallet. I never do this. The voice doctor who had helped me over the many years when I would blow out my voice stupidly in front of thousands of people and just bruise my vocal cords because I would take, I would give a speech that you could hear three blocks away. And he said, hey, you can't do that. You got to speak down. You got to speak from your as he would say, he would say, you got to speak from uh, your goiter. I said, my girdle? He said, no, your goiter. You know, the goiter. I can't even find my uh, my solar plexus here, never mind my goiter. And he said, you got to train, Curtis, or you'll be blowing your voice out all the time. He is now retired in Florida. I hooked him up with Sid. He is the miracle doctor. I will tell you years and years ago what they would do if you lost your voice. Let's say you were diva of all divas, Mariah Carey. Or you were Madonna and you had packed Madison Square Garden, 18,000 of your groupies there. And you woke up that morning after spending all night in Studio 54, fornicating, copulating, doing blow, everything else. And you lost your voice. And this typically would happen to these divas. And you would go to Dr. Voice, and he would have a vat of cotton, of long cotton. And it would be soaking in a solution of coquina. The, co- the cocaine leaves with the little, the little uh, balls. And then he would soak that, and he would stick it down your nose. And it would have to stay down for 20 minutes. It would cause you to gag. And then he would remove it, and within 20 minutes, your voice was fully restored. This was the miracle way to restore voices. Imagine you're Teddy Pendergast. You got 18,000 crazy women throwing teddy bears on the stage, and you lost your voice. You go to Dr. Voice, the miracle doctor. He put those cocaine-ointed pieces of cotton way down into your nasal cavities leave it there 20 minutes you'd be gagging it would be extraordinarily uncomfortable but they would take it out and the voice would return miraculously and then the fda visited him and other voice doctors throat doctors and said no more if you do that we're gonna cold bust you because where are you getting that coke from the medellin or the cali cartel Now, I I never had it done to me because by the time I needed the help, they had discontinued the practice. But he told me the remedy 
that the stars and starlets would come to him for? Coquina. Remember? They put Coquina in Coca-Cola, in Coca-Cola syrup. You'd have a strep throat. You would go as a young child. And in a styrofoam cup, Sydney, right, who used to run the luncheonette or the candy store, would put the Coca-Cola syrup in. And you would say, I don't want that because I want this strep throat so I can stay home a week. And your mother would say, take a teaspoon of the raw Coca-Cola syrup. And miraculously, there went the strep throat. Then you have to go back to school. Cocaine! Well, we can't do that with Sydney. Oh, no, he'd be back on the, the, white, the white powder train. He was just out at that rehab center in Riverhead speaking to his fellow linesmen and fellow men and women who have had problems with drugs. Can you imagine this? He'd be off the wagon. I'm the man. Yeah, no, 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 no. We can't do that for you, Sid. It's like a scene out of The Sopranos. Remember when Tony and Paulie Walnuts visited Chrissy? As he was doing drug rehab in the Poconos. And remember, he got smart with Tony and Paulie Walnuts. And they put boots to the back of his head and said, hey, we'll show you how to rehab. Bam, bam, bam. That's one of the great scenes out of The Sopranos. (laughs) They stopped him. (laughs) Oh, God. I think I'm going to have to stay in the bullpen. I may have to go another 24 hours. I don't. At this rate, Sid is not going to be able to return Monday morning. I heard him earlier. I mean, a coqui, a frog sounded better than he did. (laughs) The Malukia. The curse of the Sicilian mountain women was upon him. Ugh. Let's go to Isabella, who's calling. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Isabella. Hi, Curtis. Um, Sid has to realize that his mother wants him to for- to forgive himself because they adore each other. They do. They do. You could, you could tell the love of the son for the mother and the mother for the son is eternal. But what do you think possessed him to prank his mother? But he, he made a mistake. He's paying for that now, Isabella. Yeah, but that's why he has to forgive himself. That's what his mother wants. She doesn't want him to be suffering. No, but he's got a strep throat. Uh, he's tried chicken soup, the liquid penicillin. It hasn't worked. He's tried Robitussin. It hasn't worked, Isabella. He really is suffering. Uh. Yeah, but that's it. His, he's, he has to think. His mother doesn't want him to suffer. She wants him to get well. He just made a mistake, that's all. Well, you're right. We've all made mistakes in our lives. But you see, the only route to vindication and salvation is he has to admit he did wrong. He has to fall on his sword before our audience and promise that he will never do that again, Isabella. That's hard to do. You're right. With that humongous ego, it needs a crane to get him in and out of the studio. I fear that he will not be able to apologize to his audience, Isabella. (laughs) Could um, Could you say a prayer for him so that he will possibly put his humongous ego aside and do what is in the best interest 
of himself, his mother, and our audience. Yes. And you know something else, though? He, Sid always says good stuff about his guests. You know, he he says good stuff about himself like he boasts, but he always says good stuff about his guests. That is true. Every guest was the greatest interview of all time, right? He's oh, that was great. And then the next person, that was the best. I've never heard him say that that, that guest stunk out the joint. Did you? Right. No. And you know what he did to me? You know what he did to me? Even though he had lost his voice and he was walking out the door, he told his producer, Justin Ellick, cancel all the guests. He wouldn't let me interview the guests like a squirrel. He wanted to keep all those guests for himself for when he returns. Could you believe that, Isabel? (laughs) That's like the kid who uh, brings the basketball to the playground, is playing, doesn't like the fact that, you know, he, he called a foul, you know, because he was a wuss, and nobody would take the, uh, get out of here, we don't we don't play that kind of soft basketball, and then he takes his basketball home so nobody can play. <laughs> I got to tell you, well, Isabel, but... this, this may be a long fall for Sid Rosenberg, a really long fall. He's going to have to learn that there are consequences to his actions. You just never make fun of your mother. You never prank your mother. Hashem. JC. I don't care who your God is. I don't care what spirit. I don't care if you're a Hindu and you worship 4,000 different gods and goddesses. One thing is universal in this world, even amongst heathens, even amongst those who kiss frogs and are atheists and Satanists, you just never, ever make fun of your mother and you never prank your mother. Never, never, never. Let's go to Gary and Inwood. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Gary. Hold on a second. Uh, hold on a second, Gary. Your your phone is like I don't know if you're affected by the curse of Sid, but we can't hear you. No, we can't hear you. Oh God! Now this is affecting my broadcast. I'm the one who's brought this to everybody's attention. I'm the one who is seeking. Constructive criticism for Sid Rosenberg, because it wasn't just Sid, it was a cabal led by Noam Laden, our news director, James Flippin, our newscaster. Of course, a man who has been around a month of Sundays, the board operator, oh, he should have known better. Lou Rafino and, of course, Justin Ellick, his producer, but they all laughed like jackals and hyenas. They had a good belly laugh. At Naomi's expense. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Vito in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Vito. Hey, hi, Curtis. I love your show. Very interesting. And uh, and I love your analogy about the basketball player. It fit right in. I could listen to you for hours. But I'm going to get to the, uh, the Italian language. Uh, I'm Bades. I was born in Brooklyn. I was raised in a household 
when my mother and father spoke two different dialects. I approached them in Italian. I, I don't speak Italian well, but I understand the dialect. I had approached my father, and I said to him in Italian, Dad, how come you and Mom have different expressions? And he said to me in Italian, well, your mother went to school for three years, but I went to school for five years. <laughs> so he stressed that. <laughs> that were they from their families from two different parts of Italy? Two two different parts, right? My mother was close close to both were close to Barry. Mm. My mother was from a town called Krakow, mm. which is uh, in the Basilicon region, and my father was even closer to Barry. And the name of the town he came from was Montalbano. Ah. And yet and, uh, there were slight differences even in their dialect. Exactly. Mm. My mother would say, uh, Madonna Mai. And basically, my means never. And he, it would be interpreted into English. It would be God, never. Ah. Or, right. And the other one was Quanda Mai, means one, comma, never. And that's what. Those two terms are identical, meaning never, basically. Sure. Now, you could go from the northern part near Austria, the Alps, Triest and Trent, all the way down the boot uh, to the island of uh, Sicily. You could go over to Sardinia. It doesn't matter. But you will have a different interpretation for two words, Sfacim and Schifosa. Some will say it's a a virulent curse word that should never be mentioned. Others will say, well, it's not a flattering expression, but it's not necessarily a curse word. Uh, Would you concur with that, Vito? Yes. Right. I could never get the exact definition of Swachim, but uh, we've used it uh, amongst ourselves as children. and uh, but yeah, I, I would concur with that, no doubt about it. Yep, yeah, that's true. And then you knew your grandparents or your aunts and uncles were angry when they would say "Urion yeah. Dugorn." That's when I ran. That's when I ran out of the house because all of a sudden my grandfather would say. And I get the hell out of here. Mind your own business and get out of here. That's right. It was time to pick up and go. You didn't want to wait around because he'd hit you so hard, you'd be feeling the vibrations for the next three days. True, true. Wow. See, see, and people don't understand this. There are variations to the dialects of Italy because it took one man who came all the way to, believe it or not, Staten Island to raise the money, Garibaldi. They still have a house in his honor there who went back to Italy and he formed what we know as Italy because before that they were all separate provinces with different princes. They were having battles, different Medicis, and he put it all together to create the nation of Italy that we know now. And he did that from Staten Island, which is like 98% Italian. Wow, never knew that. 
Well, listen, listen, Vito, I am conjuring up. I've channeled the my mentor who explained long ago here on WABC, the greatest talk show host of all time, Bob Giganti, a.k.a. Bob Grant. Listen to him discuss the term Sfachim. Hey, Mario. Tu sei proprio no Sfachim. Actually, we forgot to say, uh, Mario, listen to me. Translation, Mario, listen to me. You're absolutely a scoundrel. Okay? Translated. Mario, asentame. Tu sei proprio no Sfachim. See, proprio no is uh, absolutely. And Sfachim, uh, according to scholars, is uh, a scalawag, scoundrel, lowlife. You get it? Okay. You see that, Vito? Wow. Now I know. Wow. He, I, he was channeling us from from talk radio heaven, Bob Grant. It's amazing how you come up with these things. I mean, I could listen to you for hours, and I'm sure that the audience feels like that. I know for a fact that, uh, yeah, that I could listen to you. I, I could stay up all night listening to you. Well, that, that's what I say till the break of dawn, right? Till the break of dawn. Nobody goes to sleep. Nobody. No, and you want to know something? You know, you have a unique name, nickname for everyone. I, I said I'm waiting for Curtis to call Doctor Fauci, Doctor Swachim. <laughs> ah, that's oh, that's right. That would have been good, Doctor Swachim. Right, Doctor Swachim. Do you know that I was maybe 20 blocks the other night from where his father had a pharmacy in Bensonhurst and made enough money to send his kid to Regis High School, the academic elite of all the Jesuit high schools. There was Fordham Prep, Xavier, and Brooklyn Prep where I went. But but uh, Regis uh, didn't have a football team. You knew right there that they were brainiacs. And then he learned from the Jesuits things and almost single-handedly destroyed our country during the lockdown and pandemic, Vito. Wow, yeah. Is that is that where what, what is, yeah my my nephew went there too and became a doctor. Uh, yeah, and then uh, then there are people uh, who call themselves doctor like uh, Jill Biden, wife of Joe Biden, and formerly uh, a guy named Weiner here, not Anthony Weiner, my partner on Saturdays uh, three to four, left versus right, but a guy who uh, was named Michael Weiner. Yeah, he went to Jamaica High School and then Queens College and decided that he'd never make it in talk radio if he had the last name Wiener. So he changed it to Michael Savage. Savage he was not. But you see, ladies and gentlemen, this is theater of the mind. We are moving fast and furiously in 10,000 separate directions. Dysfunctional it is. But we haven't left the core, and the core is the sin of all sins, the sin of omission that was committed the other morning by Sid Rosenberg and all of his fiends in the morning who pranked his mother, Naomi, who made fun of his mother, Naomi. I make a lot of money. This 
is Another Side of Midnight with Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC. Here's Curtis Lewa. say goodbye to Sid, even though he disparaged her. And who can compare with the eclectic style of music that I play here as part of the entertainment that is brought to you here at WABC? I will take on Cousin Vinny Madugno any day of the week, even the greatest of all time, Bruce Morrow, a.k.a. Cousin Brucey. And don't go away, Tony Orlando, without Dawn. I've got you in my uh, music sites also. You know, we should actually have a uh, musical competition between the four of us on one stage. I know soon it will be Cousin Brucey's birthday. Cousin Brucey. Wouldn't that be great? On one side, Curtis Sliwa. On the other side, Vinnie Madugno. And in the middle... The greatest of all time, Bruce Morrow, a.k.a. Cousin Brucie, and to his right, Tony Orlando without Dawn, right? And then just, let's have a competition. Each plays a song, describes a little bit of the history, the significance of the song, and then we just raise the intensity and we leave it up to the audience to determine who has chosen the best stacks of wax to play on the one, number one station in the nation, WABC. First known for spinning top 40. And then as we flip the script to talk radio, we've maintained that supremacy, although it's been a roller coaster ride ever since. Let's go back to the phones. It's Daniel calling from Ulster County. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Daniel. Yeah, hi, Curtis. How are you? I just want to point out uh, the extent to which uh, Sid has violated Jewish law, the, the Talmud. Uh, as a Shiva student in his youth, he should know better. The, start, the, tor- the Talmud relates a story one of the greatest rabbis uh, uh, 1,800 years ago who had an academy with over 10,000 students. He used to lecture them every day. They would come from near and far. And his, he did get along with his father. His father had an ir- irrational hate for him. His father, in the middle of the lecture every day, would come up and beat his son in front of the class, and the, and not once. And he would try to the students would try to stop him, 
The rabbi would say, no. He'd say, you have to have respect for your father. Even if he's irrational, you have to have respect for your father. That's what it's about. That's what respect is, the appearance. That's what the Ten Commandments says, honor thy father, thy mother. That's the meaning of it. It means even if, if, even if the father's being irrational, you honor him. You don't disgrace him. And, and, and it's a, to use the Hebrew word, it's a pusha, what, what, what uh, Sid did. And the fact that he could go along with Mayor Mayor Adams on the one hand and say he's a Republican on the other shows the hypocrisy. You know? Yeah, you know, and David Daniel, uh, Sid should know better because Sid at first went to poly prep day school, which meant that his parents had to spend incredible amounts of money. Uh, that's where he met Arthur Idala and Joe Tacopina, who were being groomed to be defense uh, attorneys in the future. Probably got a mob scholarship there. The mobsters paying for their uh, education so that they would always be available to bail them out of jail, represent them uh, during arraignments. The mobsters choking on their lobsters. Thank God Sid Rosenberg escaped Poly Prep Today School and went to Solomon Schechter. That's right. He was a booker boy for many years on Ocean Parkway. He read Talmud. He read Torah. He knows better. He knows what he should be doing. He knows the importance of his daddy, who he idolizes, even in death. And his uh, mother, who's a saint in Sullivan County, in the Jewish Himalayas there. She speaks to him once a week. She speaks to the audience. How in good God Hashem's name did he think that he could prank her, make fun of her with his cabal. You don't do that. Never to your mommy. This is Another Side of Midnight with Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC. Here's Curtis Lewa. Can't imagine from the days at Pastels at 88th and 3rd in Bay Ridge to 2001 Odyssey over on 8th Avenue that Sid would ever be permitted on the dance floor again once everyone became aware that he disparaged his mother Naomi and then never apologize, and then suffer the consequences of a total loss of his voice. 36 hours later, and he's unable to speak. In fact, this is what he sounded like just before he passed over the microphones to me at 6.45 in the morning on Friday. So, as of right now... The odds of me working tomorrow are slim. I want to finish today's show and go to the gym, which is making Lou very upset. Why? Why does that bother you? It's not making me upset. It's it good, is. It's a, it's a good plan. <laughs> Why is it a bad plan. plan? Tell me. Tell me. And then this was the product 
of the prank. I love Coldplay. You? Oh, it's not going to be easy today. Won't be <clears> easy, <throat> but we, we're going to make it. How do you know? I don't I know about that. Well, I could see you, so yeah. that's how I know. No, I look great. Yeah, you look great. great but, yes. But I can't talk. It's going to be rough. Where is Curtis? He has to do the show today. He's going to have to do it. And he tapped out. He said, no mas, no mas. And he has fallen into the talk radio abyss of having no voice whatsoever. Earlier today, I attempted to communicate with him, and all I could get on the other side of the phone was, <coughs> and I truly believe, truly do believe it is the curse of the Malukia that has been cast upon him for pranking his mother. Let's go to George in Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, George. Hi there. Hi, Curtis. Yes, George. Regarding, uh, yeah. Uh, well, as far as uh, Sid, it's basically shtick. And one thing about Sid's success, the reason for that, is that he's very authentic. He doesn't uh, think like most of the hosts. He says what he thinks. And he does not hide anything. He calls a spade a spade, just like Lydia used to do so. Those two were the most authentic, blunt talk show hosts, and the reason for his popularity is exactly that. He doesn't hide anything. He just states what he thinks openly radio. He takes risks uh, with life and limb. Because you never know what's going to happen as a consequence. And he sets up his mother, possibly uh, making arrangements for, that, uh, uh, for those calls uh, uh, they made uh, in combination. You know, he and friends to uh, uh, the mother, you know, in the Himalayas, you, 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 you uh, consider that uh, Solomon uh, uh, County. Uh, as being, you know, uh, and uh, therefore it's possible uh, she just simply was ready for it. And she is even more authentic and blunt than uh, Sid himself. Who would call uh, the president, who would have the gall and the testicular fortitude to call bluntly on the radio in public, you know, within the president's hearing? Well, I don't know how good his hearing is. Uh, but nevertheless, he gets word from what uh, anybody is saying about him, good or bad, quite often the president of the U.S. currently, uh, called uh, the president numerous times uh, creature, you know. And uh, as far as success goes in terms of talk uh, radio, you've got to take risks. You've got to be blunt. The blunter you are, the more authentic you are. Uh, you got to speak what others, uh, other hosts think. And as far as Spot Chim, uh, don't forget Bob Grant was pretty great at that, you know, and that's why he was successful, although he got fired a couple of times. Mario, azendame tu se propiono, Spot Chim. And that's what he really used to be, you know. Now it's.
He botched that. Mario, I send them a tuccio provino sfaccin. And you are. Hey, Mario. Tuccio provino sfaccin. By the way, there is a move afoot. I'm very upset here. There was both a Democrat and Republican in the state legislature who wanted the name the Mario Cuomo Bridge removed, rescinded, and replaced to its original form, the Tappan Zee Bridge. So in the art of the compromise, as we go back to the days in the United States Senate of Clay and Webster and compromise, the new suggestion on the table in the state Senate in Albany put forward by Orange County State Senator James Scoofus, is that they will now call it the Governor Mario M. Cuomo Tappan Zee Bridge. That's how you get all everything bagel, trying to be all everything to everybody. What do you think of that, ladies and gentlemen? Instead of just removing the Governor Mario Cuomo Bridge, and leaving it at Tappan Zee, resuscitating the in, the old name. They want to have it half and half. They want to call it the Governor Mario M. Cuomo Tappan Zee Bridge. This is crazy. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Tommy in Queens. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Tommy. Okay, uh, Curtis. Uh I originally called about the uh, Arthur, uh, Arthur Flegenheimer, which is Dutch Schultz, and he got popped in the uh, Palace Steakhouse in the mid-30s. Um, but uh, I'll talk about Sid also. Uh, All right, but hold on, Sid. Let's deal with the trivia question. So a guy, he was on the floor. I believe uh, he was in the bathroom. He had been shot up right there in Patterson. Uh, and his last words when the DTs, the cops, were trying to get him to divulge who it was that had shot him. He wouldn't give them up, but he was calling for his mother, correct? Absolutely, yes. And, uh, by the way, this guy had such a memory that he never wrote anything down, never wrote the numbers down, the policy wheels, nothing. So every time the cops would pinch him, he had nothing on him that was indictable. Yes, that's true. And my father would say my father grew up in a uh, lower east side, and into the 30s, he was like 11, 12, 13 years old, and he had nothing but Jewish mobsters and, and Italian mobsters back then. And he got a lot of input as to what uh, Arthur Flegenheim, uh, which, which is Dutch Schultz, his whole background, and I learned a lot from him. Um, but things like he, I, I heard it was uh, supposed to be, uh, was it Patterson or was it, was it Newark, New Jersey? No, it could have been. No, you're correct. Newark. I believe it was Newark. I stand corrected. Yeah, no, it's actually not to correct you, but I just wanted to clarify it in my own mind. And uh, I learned a lot. And uh, it was also in my family on both sides, but I expect that I have you. If you violated that edict, you're done. Okay. And regarding uh, Italian mothers, my mother, my mother was like a, a, a D.I., because my Uncle Vinny was two tours of the Marines, and she was very disciplined. And if I messed up, she would not forgive me, okay? She'd rip me a new butthole, and then maybe eventually just kind of like, you know, 
soften up a little bit. But uh, if I stepped out of line, that was it. Good done. And she would never make apologies to anybody for me. She'd say, listen, he messed up, and I'm going to correct it. And that, that, that was the end of that story. And, well, you know, uh, there's there's the term, Tommy, when you mess up, you fess up. And although Sid Rosenberg can't do that now because he's lost his voice completely, he doesn't even sound like a coquilla frog. He can't make any sound whatsoever as a result of disparaging his mother or pranking his mother, Naomi. When his voice does return, who knows how long that'll be, a month of Sundays. He must first and foremost come before these microphones, the 50,000 powerful watts of sound, and acknowledge that he has sinned, acknowledge that he was wrong to prank and make fun of his mother, Naomi, and that he violated one of the Ten Commandments, and to beg and beseech all of you to forgive him. But he doesn't have the humility to do that. Spectacular! This is Another Side of Midnight with Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC. Here's Curtis Lewa. Kevin Josh, uh, weekend producer, he indicates walking the Grand Central because he heads up to Westchester on Metro North. He never saw so many four-legged rats on the streets of Manhattan in his life. He counted at least 30. And see, this is the problem with Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Mayor of the illegal aliens, he's not our mayor because we pay the freight and we get Ugats, we get bubkis. We're going to have to continue to pivot and shift. But he uh, appointed a rat czar, wouldn't take my advice and my help at no cost to the taxpayers. 
And uh, Kevin Josh is exactly correct. There's never been more rats in the streets of New York City since the first Norwegian rats came over on those wooden ships. As the Norwegians in Bay Ridge, the squareheads will tell us with uh, Leif Erikson and Eric the Red. The New Finland, they claim they discovered the New World. <laughs> no. And it wasn't St. Brendan the Navigator. That's what the Irish say. It was Christopher Columbus. And all those ships had rats on it. Norwegian rats that eventually came to the Western Hemisphere. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pat in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Pat. Hi, Curtis. Um, Good morning. I'm just saying, you're being too rough on Sid. I think he loves his mother more than anything. This is a prank that got out of hand. He wouldn't hurt his mother for anything. And we have to forgive. And then the more and more you keep talking about it, the more embarrassed she's going to get. So find a, you need to find another subject. Let them work it out. I, he, I think he loves his mother more than anything. They'll work it out. He didn't mean to hurt his mother or embarrass her. That's the way I feel. Thank you. Well, he's paying the price now, Pat. He's lost his entire voice. He can barely squeak. <laughs> But, you know, we have to forgive in this life. And I'm his mother sounds like a tough cookie to me. She'll, 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 she'll get through it. But he didn't mean to hurt his mother. None of them did. It's just a prank that went too far. That's the way All right, I- but you would acknowledge that when they left the airwaves Friday after I had taken over the shift because Sid was unable to even speak, they never prospered. They never came forward. They never collectively apologized. I'm talking about the others whose voice remained, Lou Rafino, the board operator, Justin Ellick, the producer, Noam Layden, the uh, news director, who was right in the middle of that cabal, stirring it up, and his news presenter, James Flippin. They never bothered to apologize, Pat. Well, that's what I'm saying. They need to at least apologize. Yes. You know, I don't think he would hurt his mother for anything like that. No, no, I concur. I agree with you, Pat. But I think uh, orders from headquarters should be uh, at the start of the broadcast day at 6 o'clock of Sid Rosenberg and friends. And remember, I am his fiend. I am his foe. I will join him at 7.05 if he has a voice. At this point, at 2 o'clock in the morning, East Coast time, he has no voice whatsoever. And I did uh, turn him on to the best voice for doctor that has ever existed. But I will tell you this. His uh, resolution to his problem of no voice is on the down low. I'm not discussing that. I'm not discussing that. Let's go to Lizette, who's calling from Queens. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Lizette. Hi, Curtis. Thanks for taking my call. So the way I see it is Sid has been escalating for a number of months. And what I mean by that is, He's exhibiting signs of mania, okay? His, his speech is loud and pressured. He's irritable. He's angry. He, he's using poor judgment in, in a lot of the things that he says. I mean, also, this was like the culmination of everything. He used very poor judgment in this, um, this prank. And it's not only that it's a prank, but it's like perverted, okay? Saying to his mother something about her um, 
you know, her her boobs in a, in a a bikini top. I mean, that's that's inappropriate. Oh, so man. inappropriate. What huh? what would you suggest, Lizette? That uh, how can he recover from this fall from grace? Okay, so first of all, he needs to go to his doctor or you know a doctor. Number one regarding this behavior. Number two, um, you know the laryngitis or strep throat or whatever he's experiencing now. That that will get taken care of. I mean, also, he's probably gone to a doctor for that, you know, and gotten treatment. That will resolve itself, okay? I mean, that will get cured. But this behavior, this anger, he's insulting everybody and making enemies. And to me, this is all mania, and he's self-sabotaging, okay? You know, but that's really- that, that's very cogent of you. That is excellent analysis of his personality that has been getting out of hand. I would suggest, Lizette, that management and ownership here at WABC mandate him to take some anger management courses. Okay. All right. And, and, and then I- and then once he passes mustard on the anger management course. A course that he desperately needs, and many, many of my colleagues in talk radio, a course in showing humility. Well, that sounds good. Um, but I really think that it's, um, it's like medical, psychiatric that has to be addressed. And and the thing is, you know, he's not. Everybody says he's narcissistic. Definitely. Um, yeah, and I mean that 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 uh, the the uh, and what did you say that narcissistic? What's that word again? Oh, a narcissistic. That's exactly what he is. I'm the man. Yeah, and the thing is, he he need you know, and this can be taken care of, and he can move on. Um, and the thing is, he but he's sabotaging himself because he could ruin his career for a while. Absolutely. You know? and it, and he's hurting everybody around him also. I mean, think of it, Lizette, after many, many years of struggling and then finally climbing up the ladder to be the number one talk show host in this business in mornings or all across the nation. He could lose it all. He could crash and burn and re- be remembered only for one thing, a man who punked out his mother on radio. And humiliate, yeah, it's. It's not good, but he can be forgiven and and he can um, apologize to everybody, make amends. Okay. How about and- this? How about this, Lizette? Because he's very vulnerable now, he would do anything to get his voice back. That I get him to commit to an apology tour. That he has to go into our WABC listening area, which would mean not just the five boroughs. But the surrounding counties in New Jersey, in New York State, in Connecticut, in eastern Pennsylvania. And on every occasion that he visits these listening areas and the fans come out to listen to him, that he has to spend at least five minutes initially apologizing. I, that would that would be a good idea also. So first he has to get well with his whatever his throat issue is. Yes. One step at a time. And also, congratulations on your um, fifth year anniversary. 
Oh, yeah, that uh, that uh, we celebrated yesterday, even though it was pouring rain and there was uh, hail coming down the size of golf balls. Uh, but it was a great occasion because uh, once I met Nancy and we decided to get married, it was the best decision that I've ever made, bar none. I made a lot of bad decisions in my life, and I've paid the consequences for that. Which is something Sid's going to have to do. You know, he's riding high in the saddle. He's number one. There's no doubt about it. You can't argue with the numbers, the analytics, the ratings. They don't lie. But as uh, Lizetta said, he could throw it all away. Imagine when eventually his time is done. And it's ashes to ashes, dust to dust, whether he gets buried as an observant Jew or a BLT Jew. Observant Jew, they'll put him in a sheet and it'll be a dirt bath. A BLT Jew, they'll basically have a tombstone there. And I could just see Sidney Rosenberg. He pranked his mother. He disparaged his mother. Hate that guy. Never to apologize. Ashes to ash, dust to dust. You can guess where he went. And it wasn't up in the elevator. It was straight down to hell without an asbestos suit. Here lies Sidney Rosenberg, a man who would not show humility. Or apologize for the Shonda of what he committed on the most powerful radio station in the nation just mornings ago. This is another side of midnight with Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC. Here's Curtis Lewa. I remember walking through Stanley Park in Vancouver, British Columbia. One of the most gorgeous parks in the world. It really is cathartic. In fact, it was Sun Young Moon who had just come from the Korea Peninsula, walked through Stanley Park, and created the Moonies, the Unification Church. That was obviously an exploitive thing to do. But I'm going to suggest to Sid Rosenberg that once he recovers his voice, he takes a trip out to one of the most gorgeous cities in the Western Hemisphere, Vancouver. And just like Brian Adams here in this song, walk through Stanley Park like Curtis Lee had, and his life will change forever. And I guarantee you, even though he's filled with self-absorbed thoughts of being great, he will look upon the majesty of those trees, of the green, of the beauty of Vancouver. He will look out at the ocean, Vancouver Island, and he will come to the realization 
that there are things in this world greater than him. I'm the man. And at that point, he might capitulate. He might take a, a knee and look up to those magnificent trees and apologize to Naomi. I could think of no better place to do it than Stanley Park in Vancouver, British Columbia. One of the most gorgeous places of the many that exist in Mother Earth. And I suggest to all of you, if you're given an opportunity to travel there, at least one time in your lifetime, it will be well worth it. <sighs> Let's go, if we can, to Patricia, who's calling from Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Patricia. Good morning, Curtis. Um, I feel so bad for Naomi. They, they kind of made her look like a jerk. And it was like they eviscerated her. Now, if God forbid it was Nancy, your wife, I, I think I'd be jumping out of my skin. You know, a, a, a woman is many facets. So she's 88, Naomi. They made her like she's asexual. This is disgusting. Did Sid come here through osmosis? I'm, I'm being a wise guy, but it, it just was so mean. And I was sort of shocked at uh, Norm because he's a nice guy. What the hell happened to Norm? I'm like amazed. You know, they got all full of themselves. They've been talking to one another how they have scored the greatest ratings in morning radio ever at WABC. And you know what happens? You think you're suddenly Mr. Big Stuff. You're impervious. You can do almost anything. And they cross the line, Patricia. They cross the line. Curtis, I love you. You're so common, Sensi. You just... You really, you know, you touch everybody. Thank you, Curtis. Well, I, I will tell you, I will make sure that we have a sit-down once Sid's voice returns, if it ever returns. This is not a situation that was created by an allergy, although the pollen is bad this season. It's not a situation that was caused by a bruised throat from screaming or yelling, of which he does a lot of. No. This was simply the Malukia, the Italian curse. <laughs> Italian mothers, Italian grandmothers, in simpatico with Jewish grandmothers, boobies and zetas and Jewish mothers. They are, they are like kindred souls. They put the curse on him. I, I know what the Malukia is. You, it's hard to get rid of. Very difficult to get rid of. He may have to do... The Stations of the Cross. Now, I don't know how he can do that as a Jew, having gone to Solomon Schechter. He was a booker boy on Ocean Parkway. He read Talmud. He read uh, Torah. He davened. He was uh, dominion. He made dominion because a lot of the old altachachas, they only had like 11. And Sid would get the shmir on the bagel in the morning and immediately run to shul. And he'd be the last in the minion. I don't know how all of a sudden he goes into a Catholic church as much as he's want, wanted to go into St. Patrick's Cathedral and learn about Roman Catholicism and do the Stations of the Cross. I, Boy, he's got, he's got a lot of work to do.
I don't know if you could ever make amends when you disparage your mother, when you prank your, you make fun of your mother. I'm the man. Let's go to Mickey in Queens. Uh, your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mickey. Oh, hi, Curtis. Uh, okay, Curtis. I'm thinking the first thing, I feel that this lady, Naomi, she sounded like a little girl when it's expecting, like she knows it might be a doll in the box. And I could tell by her voice that she, she, she was just, she, I think she just tried to save face. And, you know, you can never pay the debt of gratitude to your parents. I learned that in, in, in Buddhism. Mm. And I'm thinking that maybe it should be, maybe Dominic Carr would be a, a good person to talk to him, to talk to him, because he's very straightforward and very, very, very kind, like you are, of course. I'm going to pray for them this morning, for both of them, and yes. I know she will forgive him. Yes. Although I say this is a desgraciado. I, I was so shocked, you know, I, I, I was about to cry. I, don't, I will never want to hear this again. If you ever play this, that, that portion, I, I don't want to hear it again because it, it's a reminder of my mother. My mother had three open heart surgeries. I love my mother. I know she would jump in front of a car, of a moving car to save my life. Yes. So, you know, it's a configuration of, of everything. Mm. What we're going through in the city with all these illegal immigrants destroying our country, it's too much that we're taking. But I, I don't know, Sid, I don't know. Actually, it's funny because this is the first time I'm hearing about this guy. I, I hear, You did mention something last night, but it, it, it just that it, it broke my heart that this lady, she sounds, you know, she's... She was very strong because she's trying to save face. My my mother uh, save face for us and for her many times, and she was a wonderful mother. And I'm still regretting things that I did to her, although I was her favorite child, and I I, I took early retirement to to from City University to to take care of her, and I love my mother and she loved me. Every time I fought with the doctor, she would say, you better shut up because he's going to put something in my IV because of your mouth. But I was her advocate. So I feel very bad for, for, for Sid, and I feel definitely the mother. Well, there's only, gonna... there's only one remedy, Mickey. You will be going to the high mass in a few hours. You must do a series of prayers involving uh, our fathers and uh, Hail Marys. Maybe say a few rosaries uh, on behalf of Sid, who has not recovered his voice. Um, I'm sure you're very expert at doing the rosaries, aren't you? But I'm a Buddhist. I chant Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. My practice comes from Japan. Uh, but it has to do with karma. We can pray for other people. Yes. That's right. So get rid of the monk chant here. She is uh, dealing with the Buddhist monks, and they have the beads also, though, Mickey. Yeah. I need you. I need you to go to the temple to light the incense and to say your prayers to Buddha. Can you? Yes, I'm going to do it this morning around 10 a.m. Um, we chant for our karma. You know, this this has to do with her karma too. That she had to go through this, 
the same. We all have a karma. He 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 does, but. I remember as a young boy in Canarsie, my father had brought from his many trips overseas as a merchant seaman a Buddha, a wooden Buddha, and he told us that we all needed to rub the Buddha's belly for luck each and every day. And when I told uh, the uh, Monsignor, Father Simonetti, who later turned out to be a perv like so many of them, when I told Father Simonetti that the custom in our house was to rub the Buddha's belly, so much so that the belly actually had a sheen to it compared to the rest of the wood that comprised that Buddha, he said that that was a heathen form of worship and I should abstain. And I looked at Father Simonetti and I thought of my father, Chester, and I said, no. I'm going to continue to rub the Buddhist belly because it's like having insurance in case J.C. was not right. It could have been Buddha, right? It's like the Daily Double. Our numbers, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pat in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Pat. All right. Thank you, um, um, Curtis. Um, you know what? My my take on this is, um, I don't know how to explain it. I think um, Sid uh, was so uh, taken over by um, Martha Stewart's appearance on 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 the um, on the uh, Sports Illustrated that he thought that his mother could do it. I mean, that's that's an honor. I mean, Martha Stewart is still like, uh, you know, still in her prime, going on 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 Sports Illustrated, and then and then Sid gets the idea. Well, you know, that's sort of flattering for his mom. But I don't know about the bikini thing. Maybe she would get a one-piece bathing suit, but it's a flattering thing. I, I don't I don't get. No, that that I understand, Pat. That I understand, but. Um... They went too far. They went too far, Pat. Way too far. I don't know. I think he exaggerated it. But listen, I hope it gets better. And um, we've got it. We've got it. We've got to show patience. We have to reel him in. Remember, he has such a humongous ego now. He needs a crane to get him in and out of the studio. But I think reality has struck. After two days, he has no voice at all. He's tried everything. No voice. <laughs> and uh, the remedy is going to be humility and apologies to our audience and especially his mother, Naomi. Let's go to Angela, who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Ang. Hi, I'm always enjoying your show. And your callers are the best. I learn from them. I listened to what you played about Sid. And what really bothers me is his mother talked to him before she said yes to the second phone call. She put her trust in her son. She was saying, do you know this guy? Do you know? And he's going, that makes it worse. I mean, it's one thing to prank her. But he, 
took away the things she needed most, and then since her husband is gone, that's her son's trust. Mm. She believes what he says. She never would have gone along with it. But Sid said, oh, Mom, this is fine. This is great. She knew better, and he misled her. That is terrible Mm. to break the trust that your mother has in you, especially at her age. Angela, is there any hope that he could repair this damage? Well, the mother will always allow him to repair it. That's true, but it does require that Sid show some humility, something that up until now he's been incapable of of grasping. A humility is true, and also that he is really terribly sorry that he did this. Humility is one thing that I mean to to mislead your mother. That that that's more than ego. That is just such disdain for somebody you say you love. I uh, I think we we need to give him time to reflect on this since he has no boys, and he's a real male yente. He loves to just bust his gums and talk and talk and talk and talk. He can't do that now. Maybe he'll understand the gravity of the situation in that he's got to do more than just um, uh, ingratiate himself to the audience. He's really got to go a step further and get the concept going that this is unacceptable behavior at any point in anyone's career that you disparage your mother, you prank her, you make fun of her. Daddy, yes. Mommy, no. (laughs) Mommy sees no wrong in her little boys. And he'll always be the little boy to Naomi. Just like I was always the little boy to my mother, Francesca. Just like so many guys out there, the little boys, to their mother who has either uh, left this plane and is looking down from heaven, or is still alive, maybe not well, maybe well, requires humility. Do we really think that in the ember, the fiber, the marrow of Sid Rosenberg, who is so egocentric, like so many in this thing of ours, that he's even capable of having that emotion? He certainly is an emotional guy. We've seen him break down and cry just at the mere thought of talking about the life and times of his father. Can he show what is needed to repair this vital relationship? It's sort of like going out there and soldering up that umbilical cord that connects him to Naomi. I don't know if he's capable. I really don't know if he's capable of doing that. Let's go to Jack in Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Jack. Good morning, Curtis. When I was riding the trains on train patrol over 40 years ago, we used to refer to people that they had a virus, and and Sid's got it and his whole crew, and it's very contagious. It's called... Rectal cranial inversion. And what that really means is that their heads are up their tookish. Only it's not tookish that you use. Mm. And mm. If, I, if I was still on a job, I'd lock them up 
all of them. I put them on a daisy chain and lock them up for felonious stupidity. And his voice went, this is his father's way from the other side of giving him a timeout for what he did to his mother mm. and Sid's father's wife. Why? Unforgivable. Yeah. Un- unforgivable, Jack. I don't know how he can ever be forgiven for that because he had an opportunity to amend that. He had an opportunity to avoid that, but he plunged right into it, Jack, and he never confided in others. He just simply kept it within his crew of Justin Ellick, his producer, of uh, um, his... Uh, his, uh, oh, God, news director, Noam Laden, our other news guy, James Flippin, they, 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 they just were like seals, seals with a trainer. They did whatever Sid wanted. Never once, Lou Rafino, his board operator, who goes back to the days of Don Imus, he knew better. He should have done an intervention. But they were laughing like hyenas. They were laughing like predators, like jackals. And for that... For that, until they apologize and do a choral arrangement in apologizing on the most powerful radio station in the nation. You cannot supersede that. Let's go to Sammy calling from Howard Beach. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Sam the Man. Curtis, good to hear your voice. Listen, as far as I'm concerned... Sid is just a big douchebag. He called me an imbecile because of a conversation you and I had about his relationship with Eric Adams. I believe he's been forced into that relationship, but that that's not what I'm calling about. What I'm calling about is Noam Layden, who's supposed to be a newsman, conspired with Sid on this. Where is his credibility in the future? When he comes on with a news story now, am I supposed to believe him? Hmm. You make an excellent point. The news department should never have been involved with what has turned out to be a vice. The vice, the the, the sin of omen. The original sin that was removed from our soul upon the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. And that original sin is there. Never relieve that. Never relieve that. Let's go to Ed, who's calling from Staten Island. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Ed. Yeah, I, uh, you know, Sid's ego is is out of control, and he's never going to apologize. But I think the real criminal here is Norm. Norm needs to go to church and beg for forgiveness for God, before God, for 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 just participating in this horrible thing. It's horrible. There's no doubt. Noam Layden was the cast character of Mayhem. He's the one who made that prank call that sealed the deal. Remember when he pretended that he was the final obstacle that Naomi had to overcome in order to get that... uh, that Sports Illustrated front cover shoot done with her in a bikini. Yeah, it's terrible. Mm. What would you suggest that they do to try to make amends? For Sid? Well, for Gnome, because Gnome 
uh, is normally very quiet, very subdued. Typically, it's I'm a newscaster. I I, I can't really volunteer my opinion. I uh, <laughs> he he needs to beg forgiveness before God. Mm. Mm. You know, it's it's unforgivable. It just it's just who would treat their mother that way? I, I just it's incomprehensible that you would do that to your your own blood and flesh your mother yeah i know she discussed you know on the airwaves she discussed what a difficult pregnancy she had with sid how it was touch and go touch and go and then luckily he was delivered into the world but how it caused her so many physical setbacks at that time in her life, and yet she did it for her son, her little Anjoic, as we say in Polish, her little angel who can do no wrong, and then all of a sudden this call. I know. It's, it's, I, I, I don't even know what, what makes a person do that. Mm. You know what it is? He's riding too high in the saddle. He's doing. This is, you know what? Bernard McGurk used to keep him in check. That's true. That's right. Our beloved Bernard McGurk, who's no longer with us. This studio that I broadcast from, that we all do, is named in his honor. But I can remember to this very point how when all of a sudden Sid would get into that danger zone, as he often did, when he was first breaking into talk radio with Don Imus. I mean, so much so that he got he got suspended so many times. You are right. It's it's Bernard McGurk who would throw him the lifeline and reel him in. Yeah, there's no way he would have said that and done that with uh, Bernie. Bernie would have said, no, we're not pranking your mother. We're not, we're not going to do an FM uh, juvenile trick. Uh, we're going to do what our constitution and bylaws in, in AM radio, active minded radio guides us into doing, not making prank calls like they do on FM. I wish for God McGurk, may he rest in peace. He was a, a good soul. The greatest producer and talk show host together. I mean, a multitasker like we have not had in this business before. We'll never have it again. This is not good. This is not good. His voice is shot. And remember, it's not because he bruised his vocal cords. That I understand. And it's not because he has some virus or contagion or some STD. Remember, this is what used to happen when you got syphilis in the military or in prison and they would release you home, and then it would just eat up your larynx, eat up your esophagus, and your last words would be, ah! <laughs> Just like Al Capone. No, that's not what I'm talking about. No, 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 no. This can be amended, but this is going to require Sid and his crew, his motley crew, to put aside this desire to laugh at other people's expense, and humble themselves. I don't think Sid is capable of humbling himself. He just will not permit it. No Mladen, though, should be ashamed, ashamed of himself 
as he's living side by side with Steve Fulop, the mayor of Jersey City, who thinks he's going to become the next governor of New Jersey over my dead body, Steve Fulop. It's Cinderella all the way. Oh, boy. We got to get him back on track. You would think Judaic principles would be kicking in now. I may have to call upon my friends in the Lubavitcher community, the Chabad, to send a mitzvah tank here outside of our studios to tend to Sid. Born a Jew, but he's lost his way. He's a BLT Jew. Bacon, lettuce, and tomato. There's no doubt about it. And that's all they do at the Chabad. That's all they do in the mitzvah tank is rescue Jews. They're not interested in converting anyone. You want to do a Sammy Davis Jr. and convert? The Jews make it extraordinarily difficult. That's not what we're talking about. I've got to call 770 Eastern Parkway. I've got to call the big machas in Crown Heights on Kingston and Eastern Parkway. And I have to say, send a mitzvah tank. You have a Jew in need here. You need to rescue this Jew. He's lost. He's all immersed in I and me and not us and we. And he did. He committed the worst sin of all. Disparaging his mother, Naomi. We all heard it. We can't wipe that that from our thought process. We can't etch a sketch it away. We must make sure that Sid Rosenberg, Noam Layden, James Flippin, Justin Ellick, and especially Lou Rafino, in a chorus, apologize to Naomi over and over and over and over. And just maybe, if they do it enough times, we will all forgive them, and more importantly, Hashem or JC or Buddha will forgive them. This is Another Side of Midnight with Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC. Here's Curtis Lewa. As you hear the fifth dimension sing, give up my foolish pride. That's what Sid Rosenberg will have to do, and Noam Layden, and James Flippin, and Justin Ellick, and uh, Lou Ruffino. 
laughing like jackals, laughing like hyenas at the demise of Naomi up in Sullivan County, the Irish, uh, Irish, uh, no, that's the Irish Alps. No, that's the Jewish Himalayas, the Catskills. And never an apology because of foolish pride. And I think if uh, Sid's voice does not return uh, by Monday, it'll be incumbent for our news director, Noam Layden, to make that apology to the most listened to morning show in America. Sid Rosenberg and friends with his fiend and his foe, that's me, Monday through Fridays, I'm on 705, and I will continue to hold his feet to the fire until we get a full, a full apology and a begging of forgiveness of his mother, Naomi. And if it can't be Sid on uh, Monday morning, it'll have to be Noam Laden who takes responsibility for that as the senior member of their crew. Let's hear it. What a great song. What a great song, The Fifth Dimension. Forget how really good they were for so many years. Anyway, let's go to Brandon, who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Brandon. Curtis, I'm afraid that uh, the Sid's voice isn't going to get any better. Uh, I remember probably about eight months ago, Junior from Staten Island with his trusty dog, Rusty, you know, Frank Morano's neighbor that would always keep tabs on him and call in with interesting stories. He was telling the story about when he got the Malukia, he was playing cards with uh, with somebody from the neighborhood, and the guy had his hand rested on his chin and then flicked forward his his two fingers and, and gave him the Malukia, and he said ever since he's had 63 years of bad luck. So I don't know if you can find a cure for this, or I'm, I'm afraid that Sid might be uh, stuck with this curse. Yeah, you see, it's not a curse uh, from his mother or any booby or Zeta from the Jewish side. This was clearly a curse imposed upon him by a Sicilian mountain woman who probably felt that she had no other recourse but to do this to him because how he treated his mother on the most powerful radio station in the nation. Let's go to Deidre in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Deidre. Hey, Curtis. Um, what what happened was very, very disrespectful. Um, yes, he broke one of the biggest commandments, if you ask me. Um, and there is a prayer, though, to break Maloik. It's called Maloik. Mm. Well, I'm mm. Italian, mm. and you break Maloik. Mm. But you could only learn the prayer on Christmas Eve at mm. 12 a.m. Mm. I went to an Italian family. I learned that prayer. And you can only break it, but you can't say it to anybody else. And you can't teach anybody else except on Christmas Eve at 12 o'clock a.m. Mm. Mm. Okay? So it can be broken, but no. 
Sid has to come out and apologize. Oh, absolutely, full heartedly. But that might not break Maloik. Maloik is known in the Italian um, families to go down in history. When somebody gives you that evil eye, Maloik, um, yeah, it's got to be broken. It does because it could cause hives. It could cause shingles. It can cause uh, coronary disruptions to where he might have to get a stent. I mean, it just progressively gets worse, as you know, Deidre. It does not get better on its own. Hey, uh, it doesn't. It could be a curse. Hey, Curtis, uh, what what are all these rules to Maloik? Like, cause I, just, are there different levels of Maloik? Or what, 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 what's the deal with this? Well, let me, um, to those who are familiar with what happens in the country of Haiti, where you have uh, witch doctors who will perform uh, major ceremonies over you if you're cursed or, or if necessary, they will cast curse against your enemies yeah, yeah. for the right price. Um, the Santeria priest, it's the same thing. It's casting curses or resolving curses. This is what happens with the, as I call it, the Malukia. So that's just as powerful as what they're doing is the Malukia. Yeah, and that's the evil eye, the Italian evil eye. And so why is all, what's all these, what's all these Christmas Eve rules? Well, it's like the night of the seven fishes. You notice that's unique to the Italian culture. You got to go fishing the night before and you got to catch your own fish. Uh, this is all part of the continuation of what was brought over from southern Italy many, many years ago by our grandparents. And how long do you have to learn this prayer at, at midnight on Christmas Eve? Not that long because uh, if, <laughs> if you can't re, uh, refine it to your memory, you, you can't write it down. <laughs> you have to memorize it. The window closes. Exactly. <laughs> so you got to wait until the following year. year. But you already have it. So can't you spend a whole year memorizing it? Yeah, well, you know, some folks, they have a difficult time. You know, they're dyslexic or. But does it disappear from your memory? And yeah. you have to You have to relearn. Well, it's like Joe Biden, right? <laughs> wow. You know, you move up there, you, you start to age, and you forget things that you recently <laughs> were told. But you can remember things from 80 years ago. And who grants this window for the Maloika? Who grants this window? A Sicilian mountain woman outside of Palermo. (laughs) She's dressed all in black. She has a mustache. And uh, she is the guardian of the Maloukia. The Maloukia. That's right. The Maloukia. The evil eye. The Italian evil eye. I would think that the CIA would want to harness this power. <laughs> uh, criminals in action, absolutely, but you have to learn a dialect <laughs> Italian first. Oh, okay. Washed until the morning light washed away the darkness of the This is Another Side of Midnight with Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC. Here's Curtis Lewa. I have one thing to say. 
Pride Month, and I've never seen Pride Month before like this, where everything is transgender, transgender, drag queen, drag queen, transgender. Transgender Anheuser-Busch has lost $27 billion right after they tried to uh, recruit Dylan Mulvaney, the transgender, as an influencer to try to convince younger people, especially gays, lesbians, non-binary, transgender. God, we could use 72 different terms of gender identification or sexuality to start drinking Bud Light. Now nobody's drinking Bud Light. They've actually put the Clydesdales out to pasture. 
Normally, this is the time of the year they would be at state fairs, they'd be in parades. Nobody wants the Clydesdales. Nobody wants Budweiser, especially Bud Light, that used to be the number one selling beer in America. This is like when Coca-Cola changed their formula to New Coke. It was a disaster. And immediately they flipped the script and went back to the original Coca-Cola. What geniuses decided to say, oh, we're going to create New Coke to go after the Pepsi generation and sweeten it up and make it taste like Pepsi. Hey, if I wanted Pepsi, I would have gotten Pepsi. I was a hardcore Coca-Cola drinker, and man, I was mad. You know, uh, I didn't quite go in the direction of Frank Morano and start drinking Tab. Yuck! But, you know, I started to um, actually experiment a little with Coco Rico, the champagne uh, cola of the Hispanic-speaking population. And then, of course, there was uh, Jamaican Cola. I forget the name of the brand of that. And there was uh, Fantasy Tropical uh, Cola. Oh, man, that was cheap, 49 cents for like uh, 24 ounces. And, of course, there was um, CNC Cola. And there were all other kind of knockoffs. Royal Crown Cola. Remember Royal Crown Cola? I thought it was part of the Kansas City Royals, the baseball team. But anyway, everything is transgender. Everything is drag queen. And let's face it, that's a small percentage of even the gay and lesbian population. But you know something, even though all of that was going on, our own Bo Snurdly, our own uh, man who consistently talks about transgenders and drag queens on a regular basis on his show, Monday through Fridays, 4 to 5, and then Saturdays, his three-hour extravaganza, just one hour when I take you to the break of dawn from 7 to 10. He said he didn't really care. You know, it wasn't going to interfere with him. It wasn't going to make a difference between drinking Coors Light Miller Lite or Bud Light. And I just, I don't care about this Budweiser stuff. I don't care what beer you drink. Beer, whatever, drink whatever beer you want to drink. You don't want to drink Bud? Don't drink Bud. You want to drink it? Drink it. Who cares? And that was the declarative response that Bill Snurdly made to all the Michigash taking place ever since Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, popped onto the scene like a pop-up from her Instagram. Probably what most pissed people off. They caused Budweiser to lose $27 billion in stock. I mean, pretty soon they're going to go bankrupt. <laughs> Was when Dylan Mulvaney started to speak about her, it, they, his crotch. I was walking around and everyone was staring. And I was like, oh, okay, what's going on? And they were all staring directly at my crotch. And I went, oh, I forgot that my crotch doesn't look like other women's crotches sometimes because mine doesn't look like a little Barbie pocket. Peekaboo, I see you. That's really what caused people to just lose it. When they said, what did that woman say? Man, woman, whatever, in transition? They went ballistic. But it didn't end there. You had to say to yourself, hold on a second. You mean to tell me 
that Anheuser-Busch, with millions of dollars that they assign to product development, product production, millions of dollars to product promos and research about products, didn't do a deep dive into Dylan Mulvaney, who had this Instagram that she claimed she had 10 million followers on. Well, you know who did the deep dive? The one that Anheuser-Busch didn't do. Just like with the drag queen George Santos, now congressperson in that third district in the north shore of Long Island and Whitestone. Nobody did a deep dive on him and his background, neither the Democrats or the Nassau County GOP led by our own Peter King. Nobody did any background. Nobody did any background check on Dylan Mulvaney except for my wife, Nancy, who did a deep dive and then came up with this when she was in California a year ago. Posted on her Instagram for everyone to hear and see. Wait till you hear what Dylan Mulvaney had to say a year ago. So I recently told my parents that I may be a little bit romantically interested in women. And that was a big shock for them considering the past 10 years of coming out as gay, then queer, then non-binary, then trans. And I think it was just a bit of a shock. So I tell my dad and he goes, well, I would love to see you get a woman pregnant. And I said, oh, no, no, no. She would be getting me pregnant. And then he said, what, do you have a vagina now? And I said, never say never. And then I tell my mom, and she goes, I would just love to see you own property one day. And in California, that's sort of, you know, a, a parent's dream. It's not having kids or getting married. It's, it's are you able to own a house? Um, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Did you hear that? She said that a year ago when she was just building up her following. Which is now, if you believe it, 10 million. Although I think like most Instagram influencers or Facebook influencers or Twitter influencers, anybody using social networking can get humongous number of followers by going on Spotify and buying them. You could lease them for a month. A lot of them are bots. A lot of them are ubots. But you could actually act like you got a million or more followers. You just got to pay and lease the followers out month by month. Now, if you're an influencer and all of a sudden a major Fortune 500 company is paying you to influence your followers to buy their product, you're getting over like a fat rat because they're really not followers. It's a placebo. But what the hell would the Fortune 500 CEOs know? Most of them are like us, baby boomers, 55 plus. They have no idea how this scam works. Can I hear Dylan Mulvaney again a year ago in California Talk about the virtues of owning property. Well, Dylan, you need to know that right now, if you were to buy a new house in California, you couldn't even get home insurance. Insurance companies are fleeing as we speak, following the exodus of the population. So I recently told my parents that I may be a little bit romantically interested in women. And that was a big shock for them, considering the past 10 years of coming out as gay, then queer, then non-binary, then trans. And I think it was just a bit of a shock. So I tell my dad, and he goes, well, I would love to see you get a woman pregnant. And I said, oh, no, 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 she would be getting me pregnant. And then he said, what, do you have a vagina now? And I said, never say never. And then I tell my mom, and she goes, I would just love to see you own property one day. And in California, that's sort of, you know, a, a parent's dream. It's not having kids or getting married. It's, it's are you able to own a house? 
And wouldn't that be nice? Capitalism. Capitalism. Own a house. Flip the house, right? But this is Dylan Mulvaney, a crackpot, a screwball. One minute I'm a transgender, next minute I'm a lesbian, next minute I'm heterosexual, next minute I'm a drag queen. It's like, this is crazy. You can self-identify whatever you want to be. There's 72 different gender identifications, 72 different sexual identifications from asexual, which means you have no sex at all. To being polyamorous, which means you'll have sexual sex with anything that moves, including an MTA bus. You know there are some freaky deaky people out there who actually have fixations on roller coasters, buses, trucks. They want to have sex with those objects. They want to marry those objects, and then get ready because I've warned all of you guys. You haven't been listening to me. I said, women will no longer need men. I said this years ago because they're going to be able to clone their own, which they're just about ready to do. They won't even need a donation in the Petri dish. They won't even need the the turkey, uh, what do they call that? You know, the the turkey gravy uh, applicator. To take that sperm and then inject it into that vital area of a female so that possibly it can swim upstream, attach itself to one of the eggs, and voila, a child will result from that. Now, some women are marrying themselves. Yes, it's called sologamy. Marry yourself, self-love, what the hell do you need guys for, or other women, or transgenders. Or drag queens, you are going through a sologamy routine in which you're marrying yourself. Now, is that crazy or what? And apparently, there are quite a few women who have decided they can't find a man or a woman or something else in their life, so they're going to marry themselves. This is crazy. I'll never forget in Santa Cruz, there was a woman who climbed one of those redwood trees, fell in love with a redwood tree, and married the tree and lived up in the tree. And somehow fornicated and copulated with the tree. I don't know if they made a triple X rated film of that. But it was freaky deaky. So let's start with the premise that Pride Pride Month is mostly gays and lesbians. Gay men and lesbians, right? That's the majority of, of that population. It's not transgenders. It's not drag queens. That's a very minimal percentage of that population. But we have to start with a concept of what a woman is. If we can't define what a woman is, we're all in trouble. I mean, I know a woman when I see a woman. But then again, you look at some of these transgenders, and if you've had a few too many, the next thing you know, you're copulating with a transgender, and then you go, ah! But let's go to the resident expert when she was going through her hearing to become the United States Supreme Court Justice in the Senate, Katanya Brown Jackson, who simply asked the question of, can you tell us what a woman is? Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? 
not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. Of- Wait a second. I need to hear that again. Please play that again because this woman is United States Supreme Court Justice and she cannot even define what a femme fatale a woman is. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Mm, not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. Of- ooh, 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 I can. I'm like horse shack, right? I'm one of the sweat hogs. Ooh, 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 ooh. Gabriel Kaplan, please pick on me. Welcome back, Carter. Ooh, 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 ooh. Let me explain to you, uh, Avery, what a woman is. A woman can be a man who is no longer a woman but can get pregnant like a woman but is a man. What the hell did I just say? Let me try to reconfigure that because that even has me confused. A woman can be a man who is no longer a woman but can get pregnant like a woman but is a man. Wow. That's deep. This is crazy. That's really deep, right? And then, of course, says Miguel Cardona, the former Secretary of Education in Connecticut that started all this crap, when all of a sudden he had males show up at high school track events, men, anatomically with male plumbing, who decided to identify as women, And he gave them the green light to participate, and they won all the medals. First first place, second place, they were in the winner's stand, even though anatomically they were men. He started this, Miguel Cardona, and yet he couldn't answer a simple question as Secretary of Education in the Biden administration of what is a woman. Can you please tell me, or can you please define for me, what is a woman? Uh, our focus at the department is to provide equal access to students, including students who are uh, LGBTQ, uh, access free from discrimination. Is that so? What's the def- what's the definition of a woman? You haven't given me that. You haven't answered my well, question. I think that's almost secondary to the important role that I have as Secretary of Education. My question is not sure secondary. My question is very simple. What is the def? What does HHS say the definition of a woman is? Uh, I lead the Department of Education, and my job is to make sure that all students have access to public education, which includes co-curricular activities. And I think you highlighted pretty well the importance of Title IX and giving students equal access, whether it's scholarship and facilities. Okay, so you're participation not going to answer my question. Well. So you probably have graduate degrees. You probably uh, took a master's course. Now you even have a Ph.D., right? Can't even answer straight up what the hell a woman is. But I have come up with the conclusive definition, ladies and gentlemen. It used to be so easy. Mommy is a woman. Daddy is a man, right? XX genes, XY genes. It was so simple. But now I have to roll with the flow and be a little complicated. Bear with me. I have written this down. A woman can be a man. Savvy that? who is no longer a woman, comprende, but can get pregnant like a woman, got it, but is still a man. Does that make any sense? This is crazy. Doesn't make any sense, but it actually covers all the bases.
I just hit an inside-the-park home run and covered every conceivable base that deals with transgenderism and being a drag queen. And I'm so proud of myself. I nailed it. No, no, no. I didn't nail the transgender or the drag queen. No, no, no. Don't, don't. I don't go that way. That does not excite me. Even on my worst day in my many years when I was chasing skirts, right, and was looking for trim, never, never, never. Although there are guys listening right now who say, well, you know, one day that was half in the bag. Next thing, I, I, I woke up in the Golden Gate uh, Motel right off the Bell Parkway there by Knapp Street. And uh, it was Fred in a dress with a wig on. Hey, it happens, right? It happens. I'm not suggesting that it happen to you, Avery. I realize you're a holy roller, and you could never acknowledge that to your pastor in just a few hours. Nor could it have happened to you, Chris. But, you know, there are places, there are times when you're in need of uh, love in all the wrong places you look. And you end up with a drag queen or a transgender. And you know it, but you won't admit it. And then later on, you said you were fooled. It was an act of technology, but you knew it all along. Come on, let's be real here. You were getting she-mail magazines, male she-magazines, or whatever the hell those publications were that you were getting in paper bags. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. And uh, this is the perfect time, because when we come back, Oh, my God. Dominic Carter, who you can hear Monday through Fridays from 12 to 1, right before that Mamaluke, Frank Morano, and oh, yes, coming up at the 4 o'clock hour, the funniest hour in all of radio, as Avery, our phone screener and nighttime producer, has bisected and dissected, unfortunately for him, 20 hours of Frank Morano musing to himself. And uh, I don't even think Frank understands how funny he is because he thinks he's serious as a heart attack. It will be the funniest hour once again this week in radio. And then, of course, as we uh, complete taking you to the break of dawn, the absolute insanity of these illegal aliens coming in. They put them in that jail on 110th Street that hasn't been used in a month of Sundays. And what happened? The curse of Sid Rosenberg, all the pipes burst. Exactly what happened in Sid's home in Bell Harbor right before Christmas when temperatures plunged 50 degrees in one day. He wouldn't listen to the Irish who have survived everything out in the Irish Riviera. Pretentious, obstinate, you know, he thought he knew better. And guess what? Every pipe in his house burst. Well, every pipe in that jail that they were trying to convert into housing for the illegal aliens burst, and they had to start moving them around, including to Albany, where the mayor has said, send me your tired, send me your poor, send me your illegal aliens. Well, send them all there, she wants them. And George Latimer, the county executive in Westchester, who rolls out the red carpet for them. Get up next. Maybe the greatest interview with a transgender that I have ever heard. Our own Dominic Carter, who's been on fire of late, talking to Diana in a very respectful way. But he wasn't folding 
He wasn't being politically correct. And he was taking it to Diana, in which our audience benefited from what was a great rapprochement. I think that's a word. Right here on your place to be, the Curtis Sleeper Show, as I take you to the break of dawn. And then, remember, so nice I come back 9 to 12 after being at the Support the Israel Day Parade. Who knows who I'll have to substitute for in the interim. And who knows if Sid Rosenberg will even have a voice on Monday morning since he has refused or at least forgotten that he must publicly apologize to his mother Naomi and to our entire audience for pranking her. Well, aided and abetted in this cabal by Noam Layden, our news director, James Flippin, our news person, Justin Ellick, the producer of The Morning Show, and of course... Lou Rafino, who has gone back to the days of Don Iman's been side by side with you, the man who committed that shanda the other morning, that Udiskratian, Sid Rosenberg. I make a lot of money. This is Another Side of Midnight with Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC. Here's Curtis Lewa. This is the traveling song for our own Dominic Carter. He is the only talk radio show host in America. That no matter where he travels to, he's got his own song. Mark Morrison, Return of the Mac. I gave that to him, bestowed it upon him at the old WABC. And boy, has he been climbing the ladder. He is really the hottest talk show host here at WABC. Now, he's really come into his own. When it comes to talking about mental health issues, as you know, May is Mental Health Month, right? Was. And he was all over that because he actually wrote a book about mental health issues that affected his own family, his own mother, who was in a psychiatric institution. And as a little boy, he had to go visit her there and recognize how dysfunctional she was. You imagine what that would be like if that was your mom in a psychiatric facility. I'm sure some of you have been in that position. But it had to be so traumatic. He survived all that. And he had an interview the other night on his show, 12 to 1, Monday through Fridays, with a transgender identified as Diana. 
It may well have been the best discussion that I have ever heard. Full length, you should go to the podcast at WABCRadio.com for all your podcast needs. But specifically with Dominic talking to a transgender that he identified as Diana. Well, let's go to Diana in Manhattan. Good morning, Diana. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'm so disappointed in you, Dominic. I mean, you know, transgender folk are as human as anyone else. And 100 years ago, if an African-American had advertised a beer, white people would have said, I'm not drinking that beer. You know, the N-word, they drink that beer. But we've grown beyond that. And we have to grow beyond prejudice against sexual minorities. Don't you think? So Diana was disappointed in Dominic, who she obviously uh, listens to on a regular basis. And they continued their conversation. I agree with you, but, but Diana, what, what are you disappointed in me about? Because you seem to be happy that uh, Bud Light has lost its status because it was advertised by a transgender influencer. I'm transgender. I mean, we're as human as you are, you know? Right. And then they got into some very deep subject matter. Everybody, everybody's human. Uh, if you listen to this program, Diana, uh, the fact that, that you're transgender is, is not new to me. I have transgender people call me all the time. I grew up around a few transgender people. And in my young adulthood, I was around transgender people. So it's something I've been to gay bars. I understand the lifestyle. I get Excuse it. Excuse me. In other words, some of your best friends are. I see. <laughs> That's a good line by Diana. But the point was, there was Dominic opening up, saying, hey, he had many transgender friends. He had been to uh, gay bars. Uh, he got very personal. See, that's that's when you know you're becoming a good talk radio show host. You're not just reading, repeating, regurgitating what has been said 50,000 times uh, during the day that Biden sucks and Trump is God. You know, you're actually, you're getting deep and you're exposing yourself by letting people know that, hey, you're aware of that world. You may not be a part of that world, but you have had experiences in that world. I'm supposed to say to my granddaughter, as she starts getting a little older, one more time, please. There are some people who are assigned one gender at birth but are, in fact, the other gender and choose to live as the other gender. And that's why these bathing suits are labeled the way they are. And that may be acceptable to, to me as a, as a grown man, but a child is supposed to understand that? Diana, you don't think that a child is going to be left confused if, at that? If children can read horrifying fairy tales about witches throwing kids into ovens, I think they can accept this. Hmm. Touche. Diana and Dominic uh, exchanging back and forth. So far, it's even Stevens. What about being gender fluid? What's wrong with her? I don't even know what gender fluid is, to be honest with you. What you just described, that's being gender fluid. And and you're telling me, Diana, that people are supposed... Diana, with all due respect, you're telling me with a straight face that people are supposed to accept this? Yes. 
interesting because Dominic expressed exactly the sentiments that so many of us have when someone in that community says, oh, I'm gender fluid. What the hell does that mean? That's when I get vertigo. What is gender fluid? Does that mean you could be anything at any time, at any place, like a chameleon would chase, would change its spots, its color pattern, its skin? It's just not comprehensible that one day you could be asexual, engaging in no sex whatsoever, not having any interest in fornicating and copulation, and then the very next day you identify as being polyamorous, which means you have sex with anything while hanging on the chandeliers. This is impossible. And we're expected to just nod our head and say, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. That's conceivable. No. And Dominic was putting up the stop sign. America is just not ready for this. It, it's they not, will get ready. No, and, and, so, and, so, and so the transgender community is going to make us ready. Whether we're Just ready or not. The civil rights community made the world ready for civil rights. Oh, boy, did that piss people off when she said comparing transgenders, drag queens to the civil rights era and the many battles that ensued both in courtrooms, in state houses, in the federal buildings, at uh, lunch counters, in the back of buses. Oh, man. When she made that comparison, could I hear that again when Diana compared it to the civil rights movement? America is just not ready for this. It, it's they not will get ready. No, and, and so and so and so the transgender community is going to make us ready, whether we're just ready or not. The civil rights community made the world ready for civil rights. And when Diana said that, I mean, it, she blew it up. There were callers that went on for hours, even though Dominic was no longer here wanting to address Diana. See, that's great talk radio. Because Diana was being truthful. That's what she truly believes. Most of us were saying, no, it's not equivalent to when African-Americans, blacks, were fighting for civil rights. Not equivalent at all. So then they extrapolated and went on. Diana, before I let you go, so you said you're transgender. It, yeah. What what else is it that you want people to know? Because, again, I, I make no bones about it. I am glad that Bud Light has lost uh, its its uh, base because I guarantee you right now the, the corporate heads are shaking in their boots on how they're going to keep their jobs going forward because they, they touched what amounts to be a third rail for the American people. In fact, Dominic, uh, as of this morning, they had lost $27 billion uh, in their stock. $27 billion of worth in their stock had dissipated over the fact that Bud Light tried to entice the uh, transgender influence uh, Dylan Mulvaney with free uh, Bud Light beer with her uh, picture on it, her painted picture on it. To be an influencer to get a whole new generation involved in guzzling Bud Light. And oh boy, was that a disaster. And then Dominic and Diana finished up after a very, very long exchange and conversation. I want you to stay in contact with me because as these issues arise. I, I love I, your I, show. I, 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 well, I, I love you. your show. And I, and, I love, and I love you, Diana. We just respectfully disagree. 
Now, I didn't hear that before. What am I to make of that? Hold on a second. Chris, you got to play that again. Avery, I want you to listen to this intently. I heard a few sparks back and forth between Dominic and Diana that I had not depicted the first time I listened to it a few nights ago. I want you to stay in contact with me because as these issues arise, I, I love I, your I, show. I, I, well, I, I love you. your show. And I, and I love and I love you, Diana. We just respectfully disagree. And I love you, Diana. Ooh, that was hot. That was intense. You think Diana is a Dominic Carter groupie? Hey, look. Look, that's how you expand the audience. You don't just limit it to McWhitey Whiteys who live in uh, Leave it to Beaverland, Father Knows Best, Little House on the Prairie. I got to hear that one more time, Chris. Hold on a second. Avery, I want you to intently listen to this. Because I'm wondering if this is radio talk love that has been conveyed over the 50,000 powerful watts of sound between the self-identified transgender Diana and radio talk show host Dominic Carter. I want you to stay in contact with me because as these issues arise, I love your show. I love your show. And I love and I love you, Diana. We just respectfully disagree. And I love you, Diana. Now, what the hell did he mean by that, Avery? I mean, you do black talk. Uh, Explain to me what the hell that was. I see you don't even want to venture an opinion on that because you're going to have to throw a brother under the bus. That wasn't black talk, man. He just said, I love you. Yeah, but you didn't find that a bit odd, a bit strange? It felt like he said it quick, like he was trying to get rid of her. I don't think so. That conversation went on for about a half hour. Well, I didn't hear all that. Yeah, there were sparks flying there. I'm going by what I heard. You know, we may have to start bisecting and dissecting Dominic Carter. In addition to Frank Morano, you'll have two hours. <laughs> I mean, with with interviews like that. Well, look, man. Hmm. He, he didn't move out into the country. Ha! I don't know. He lives in Pomona. Yeah. In Rockland County, where even the lawn jockeys are white. Yeah. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's Dominic Carter. He's on fire. He's been doing incredible, incredible interview and taking phone calls at night 12 to 1, Monday through Fridays. Without a doubt, the hottest talk show host here of the many talk show hosts and hostesses at WABC with interviews like that with Diana, the self-described transgender. We learned a lot, and we had a good belly laugh as a result of some of the things we learned. This is Another Side of Midnight with Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC. Here's Curtis Lewa.
Vertigo, when uh, learned men, learned women, even those who are blue-collar, no-collar, can't, can't answer a simple question of what a woman is. We got, we got major problems. For example, in the uh, confirmation hearing of Catania Brown Jackson to become a United States Supreme Court Justice, she was asked a very simple question. Can you tell me what a woman is? Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N- not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. Of- I can't. How could you not? How about accepting my definition because I've conflated the confusion into a stream of consciousness that I think will satisfy everybody, which means it'll satisfy nobody. A woman can be a man, okay, who is no longer a woman, okay, but can get pregnant, okay, like a woman, okay, but is a man. (sighs) Now you know why I have vertigo. And if you think that's confusing, it was bad enough, right, that Bud Light decided to lose its fortune by going with a transgender influencer. And they've lost $27 billion in stock value. Target is crashed and burned Target because of putting out a certain clothing line in proximity to children in which you put out a bathing suit that basically had a pouch on it to put your three-piece set in, even though it was a uh, a female bathing suit. So here it was, you're a transgender, you decided not to uh, contract Rabbi Joe Potasnik to come, uh, not as a rabbi, but as a moil, blindfold him with a Ginzu or knife or Rambo knife, and then let him get to it. Because we got to get rid of your knife, your spoon, and your fork to be legitimately uh, a woman, right? I mean, you can't be swinging your stick as a woman. And yet, there are some guys out there who want it always. For instance, on the front of Vogue magazine, here you go, Vogue. A 27-year-old guy, although is he a guy, was born female but now identifies as transgender man. Posed on the cover of Vogue, excuse me, Glamour. And uh, it's showing a baby bump. Now, I'm trying to fathom this uh, story because there's a lot of hokum here. Brown unexpectedly became pregnant with his partner, Bailey J. Mills, a non-binary drag performer in the U.K. While taking a break from testosterone treatments due to health reasons, And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Logan Brown said he got pregnant through an accidental pregnancy. But he's a transgender guy. Is it going to be a shotgun wedding? I remember when I was growing up in the 60s, if you got a young lady pregnant, the next thing you knew, her father 
her cousins, her brothers were at your door with a sawed-off shotgun ready to take you to the altar. And not, not the Elvis Presley altar in Las Vegas. Ready to take you to an altar and the nearest location that they could find a priest or a minister. And guess what? It was a shotgun wedding. You had no choice. And they would tell you straight up, oh, you, you, you couldn't keep your rocket in your pocket? You didn't use any protection like a Jimmy Cap, a condom? Well, then castration is your cure unless you do the right thing and you marry her and marry her quickly. And that's the proverbial shotgun marriage. And they're calling it an accidental pregnancy. And now they're promoting it. Logan Brown on the front cover of... Uh, my God, I can't believe it. Clamor Magazine is <laughs> doing it to uh, reject transphobia. But now get this. The transgender who is more of, is it more of a man? No, a, more of a woman at this point than a man is writing a children's book called My Daddy's Belly, The Miracle of Male Birth. Meantime, after coming out as a lesbian, Logan Brown wanted to explore an identity of being trans and now identifies as simply queer. Now, do you have vertigo from that? I sure do. I can't even keep up with all of that. Again, Logan Brown, pregnant on the cover of Glamour magazine, is... Still a female, but looks almost completely like a male. And in this transition time, came out as a lesbian first. Brown wanted to explore an identity of being trans and now identifies as simply queer. Wow. <sighs> Fatali fatatu, ashbet, ashbet, I got vertigo. This is crazy. Let's go to Mike in Nassau County. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mikey. I'm laughing my butt off already, Curtis. I was telling Avery. The best hour in radio. And I'll tell you, I'm listening to you for 35 years. We met briefly, I don't know, 20 years ago outside of Penn Station. We were chatting for 10, 15 minutes. And I was on deck with Dominic, uh, with that uh, transgender. And it's amazing, uh, the climate we live in, you know, it's unbelievable. I even said uh, on a show, hey, people, I don't care if it's LBGTWXYZ, I'm a proud, divorced, heterosexual of a son and daughter, and don't, you know, wave your flag in my face. Well, hold on a second, Mike. You could be having a midlife crisis. You may want to take another look at that and decide that maybe, maybe you need a woman who can be a man, Mike, who is no longer a woman but can get pregnant like a woman but is still a man. Let's go to Elena calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Elena. Good morning, Curtis. Yes, Elena. I have a suggestion about um, Sid's sore throat. Mm. Well, it's like this. Uh, The old-fashioned medicine, 
gargle with salt water. But there's another thing. It's full moon out there. And the full moon is a male symbol. Now, could it be that this is an omen from his dad that Sid, you did a no-no? Hmm. Yes, yeah. yes. No, no, no. Okay. It's, it's, uh, I could fathom that. Yeah. Because uh, he is so close still to his daddy. Yeah. And I could easily see as you venture into the park, standing there on the boulder, is my wife Nancy, who bays to the moon, especially when there's an eclipse, when there's uh, a moon out, a full moon, a partial moon. Uh, Her nickname is Lone Wolf One, and she roams in the park and is constantly on the prowl to protect different different animals uh, of that animal species. So you're making a lot of sense here, Elena, a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But Curtis, mm. let's, let's look, look at Nancy. She loves the moon. She responds to the moon. The moon is a male symbol. No wonder she's in love with you. Ah, I never mm-hmm. thought of it that way. Ah, you see? You see? You've got full control over her, especially on full moon time. Full moon, yeah. Uh-huh. And then recently uh-huh. there was that blood moon. Remember the blood moon? Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know the symbolism of the blood moon and how what it has to do with with the male symbol. But definitely the sun is the female and the moon is the male. And if she responds to the male, boy, she's responding to you, Curtis. Uh, being at the moon. Anyway, as uh, Nancy continues to bay at the moon and all the other little kitties follow her and wonder, what the hell is she doing? We're going to introduce you once again, same time, same place, each and every week to the funniest hour in all of radio as bisected and dissected by Avery of the Frank Morano Show, the nationally syndicated from coast to coast Frank Morano Show. And oh boy, even though he wasn't trying to be funny... When Avery uh, combines it, he's going to give you a big belly laugh. Check this out. On the weekend, take a journey with the people's mayor. Curtis Lewa is a politician who says don't trust politicians. It's another side of midnight with Curtis Lewa. The iconic, the legendary Curtis Lewa. This city doesn't sleep and neither does Curtis Lewa on another side of midnight. Oh, yeah. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC. Here's Curtis Lewa. Down among Brazilians, coffee beans grow by the billions, so they've got to find those extra cups to fill. They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. You can't get cherry soda, cause they've got to fill that quota. And the way things are, I'll bet they never will. 
They've got a zillion tons of coffee in Brazil. This is uh, a song you don't often hear. The uh, Jersey Joe Piscopo play on the Frank Sinatra two-hour now nationally syndicated extravaganza sponsored by Ramsey Mazda. You almost never hear the coffee song, but it's synonymous with the Mama Luke Frank Morano because he's always walking around with a coffee mug. I don't know if he has anything in the coffee mug, but he's always walking around with a coffee mug and then always blaming somebody for stealing his coffee mug. All the time. All the time, the Mama Luke. But anyway, this is the funniest hour in all of radio. Our uh, nighttime producer and phone screener, Avery, has spent uh, quite some time dissecting and bisecting. Out of the 20 hours of blabber that Frank Morano does in his nationally syndicated show from coast to coast, Monday through Fridays from 1 in the morning to 5 in the morning, that's 20 hours of programming. And first up in the queue... It's Frank uh, Morano venturing out into the South Shore of Staten Island, a real leave-it-to-beaver, father-knows-best little house on the prairie. I hadn't been over to my Aunt Camille's in a couple of weeks, so we're overdue for a visit. So I told her on Monday that I'd walk over there with Carmine, and we would spend some time there. I'm hoping she has some egg salad for us. We'll see. Oh, God. Man, what is this? Egg salad. What does she put in this egg salad that people are taking walks through neighborhoods for it? Did she sprinkle, like, cocaine in it? And then, then he brings in the egg salad. He puts it there, uh, temptation to all if they're hungry. Yeah, if you walk into your grandmother or your aunt's house, you want, like, sweets. You want cookies or cake. What's that? I smell bacon. But with him, it's like, what's that? I smell eggs and mayonnaise. Ooh. Yeah, egg salad. Ooh. And then he leaves it out. And I can't tell you how many people have gotten sick here. With salmonella. I was always looking for salmonella in pensioners. Could never find them. Uh, Ebola, the flesh-eating virus. Uh, really some bad, bad stuff. Man, what, what, what is it with this egg salad? What is it with this egg salad? I don't get it. I don't know, but he wanted to tell us what he eats and what he doesn't eat. And, well, you listen to it because it makes no sense at all. I don't eat much dairy, believe it or not. I do eat cheese, probably more than I should. I do eat Greek yogurt. Beyond that, I don't eat a tremendous amount of dairy. And I had some of those same concerns. Well, let, let me see. Um, you don't eat dairy, but you eat cheese and you eat yogurt. So what don't you eat, Frank? Exactly, and as you know, he says he loves fromage. He eats cheese morning, noon, and night. <laughs> and cottage cheese. That's right. Loves. Oh, that's right. Great stone cottage cheese. <laughs> and I, I don't like I don't like water, but I do love ice. <laughs> you eat dairy, Frank. Like if you don't, if you, you eat those two things, you eat dairy. What do you mean you don't like? You don't eat much dairy. God, the guy is just a an enigma. He is, and that's a Frank thing to say. In the meantime, who wears the pants at the Morano household? Shea Morano? And she said to me yesterday, I think she's not wrong. She said, you know what I've noticed with you? That you just take whatever appointment people give you, whether it's your barber, whether it's your dentist. You don't try to push this back to a time that you can make this. You just take whatever appointment they give you. You can't do that. I love how she just feels like comfortable talking to him talking to him like this <laughs> you know she runs the house 
But, I mean, come on, Frank. Hell, yeah. She pimp-slapped him around. And she told him this as she unstrapped him from the bed. Yep. <laughs> Frank has, has no backbone. No backbone. <laughs> as, she, as she took off his leather outfit or whatever he wears to bed, she told him, you know what? I didn't realize how soft you are. I thought you were soft, but you were even softer than I thought. God. And then he talks about speeding up his broadcast and his podcast, and I... I think I have a reason. Uh, I think I know the reason why. I was going to hold off on this, but uh, let me mention this. It's come to my attention that there are more and more people that are listening to the podcast of this program on accelerated speed, 1.5 speed or two times speed. Please don't do that. And, and I know people are writing. They say the podcast gets posted later now, so they have to listen at a faster clip in order to get the podcast done on time so that they're ready for the next day's podcast. I get it. We're working on getting those podcasts posted earlier. Yeah, Frank, first of all, let me <laughs> let me stop you there. Nobody said that. I have to listen to it fast because I have to hurry up and listen to it so I can listen to the, the, the next thing that's posted. Nobody said that, Frank. But I know why they, they listen to it fast because they want to just get a couple nuggets so that they pass the little quiz you give them. <laughs> Nobody really wants to listen to the show. So they speed it up. Yeah, they speed it up. It's a family doing it. I never heard of anybody speeding up a show that you wanted to listen yeah, to. Yeah, that you wanted to listen to. Let, let's speed it up so it ends faster. <laughs> Crazy. <Let's, laughs> and then he defines exactly what he's talking about. This show is. It has a rhythm to it. It has a <laughs> rhythm to it. It's not meant to be listened to with me. Sounding like the Micro Machine guy. I found out over the weekend that my co-brother-in-law, James, listens at 1.5 speed. <laughs> I found out over the weekend that my brother-in-law, Daniel, listens on two times speed. It's not right. Not not a show that's meant to be listened to at that Hell speed. Hell no. <laughs> His whole family listen to it fast. <laughs> just give me a nugget. Anybody, just give me one nugget so I can tell them I listen to his show. So you breeze through it. Yeah. Meantime... What did he say? Uh, 1.5 speed, twice, twice the speed twice of the speed. light? Somebody like put it up to five. Crank it up to five. <laughs> <laughs> Just crank it on up so we can get through this thing. But that would sound terrible, terrible. We're going to just start speeding up this show live so that you're not even going to be able to understand what I'm saying if you speed it up on Two times speed. For more investment in civic learning, nothing changes, nothing happens, and it gets worse. And now the slope of learning is headed down. But the problem is not just an underinvestment in civic education. That is a problem. It's that for three decades, adults have been fighting bitterly about what to teach in terms of civic education. And the result is kids don't get taught anything. They don't get taught much at all. So uh, I believe this, you believe that. There's the 1619 curriculum versus the 1776 curriculum. Like that? And it leads to these school districts and teachers. <laughs> what is this, 1.5 or 2? This is 2. Up to 2.5. This is as far as it goes. That's terrible. Or this or that. It's terrible. That's not how the program is meant to be enjoyed. And I'm being sincere about this, especially the day after holiday. This is a national crisis. Sounds terrible. Sounds like I'm Sounds like I'm a mouse. Well, he is. It's sort of like what Eric Adams was 22 years as a cop, a house mouse, hiding out in the precinct. But you see how he instinctually wanted to speed it up himself. <laughs> he instinctually said, crank it up, man. Let's get through this. Wow. He didn't even want to hear himself. He didn't even want to hear himself. <laughs> Just, without even catching himself, he wanted to speed it up. 
And then he's got this uh, herky-jerky, you got to explain to me, this contest that he announces at the top of the hour that just makes no sense whatsoever. Why did no one remind me that I did not give the four-word phrase for the last two hours? Now, that's not right. So we're going to suspend the phrase that pays today. I apologize. That is solely my error and the error of our illustrious staff for not uh, reminding me. Not that that's their responsibility. That's something, you know, that's on me. What the hell yeah. is this phrase that pays? Yeah, they didn't remind you on purpose, Frank, because it's not a very good idea. <laughs> they wanted, they wanted, they wanted you to forget it, and they and they prayed to God that you, that you got some sense in your head and dropped the whole thing. That's what's, what was going on there. Well, he said that's on me. The phrase that pays. What the hell is he talking about? Yeah, he comes up with a phrase at the top of every hour, <laughs> and then you have to listen to all four hours, <laughs> and then and then email him the phrase, and then. He lets you pick the bumper music. So if you do all that, he lets you do his job for him. And nobody has done it. Oh, no, one person did. Oh, one person who has no life whatsoever to be uh, actually doing that. One person did. And now he wants to make it a thing, and, and nobody's buying it. Oh, God. And then he talks about a tweet, responding to a specific tweet. I would have thought somebody... I say I give the wrong conversion of what a lack leader is. I'm deluged with 20 people texting me, and nobody says anything about me uh, omitting the uh, the phrase that pays for the last two hours. I apologize. That's on me. What the hell does he keep apologizing for? It doesn't yeah. seem like anyone's interested in that no. in that contest. And that's the thing. Like as much as he complains about the people on his Facebook thing, even they didn't say anything when he forgot. It's like it's not not it's like not waking somebody up and letting them sleep through everything. Mm. And mm. now you know it's bad when they don't say something. Wow! And give it up, Frank. Mm. Mm. There's no real prize there. Give it up. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Frank. And then he talked about the Washington Post and how he adores, loves the Washington Post. Alan in the Queens. Hello, Alan. Uh, good morning, Frank. I wanted to. Give a little context to this topic of gambling, uh, and it's a quote from the first president of the United States. And he said, gambling is the mother of, you know, gambling is the child of avarice, the the mother of, um, uh, what is, and the father of mischief. It was a three-part thing, and... He obviously considered gambling to be an evil, <clears throat> and it is because when a person wins money, uh, they're just thinking about themselves. Somebody lost the money that they won. No, uh, can I hear that again? That guy sounded like he was going to choke out. Alan in the Queens. Hello, Alan. Uh, good morning, Frank. I wanted to give a little context to this topic of gambling. Uh and it's a quote from the first president of the United States. And he said, <laughs> no gambling is the mother of... <laughs> Hang up on him, Frank. Gambling is the child of avarice. <laughs> the, the mother of... Um, uh, what is, 
and the father of mischief. <laughs> it was a three-part thing. And what was the mother? And he obviously considered gambling to be an evil, <clears throat> and it is because when a person wins money, uh, they're just thinking about themselves. Somebody lost the money that they won. What is he licking his his lips or what? 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 <laughs> It was that logic. Like somebody got to lose and somebody got to win. I got to right. I, 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 I go for the Trinity, the Joker, the Trifecta on this. I got to hear that again. One more time. Alan in the Queens. Hello, Alan. Uh, good morning, Frank. I wanted to give a little context to this topic of gambling. Uh, and it's a quote from the first president of the United States. And he said, no gambling... Torture is the mother of, is, no, no, gambling is the child of avarice, the, the mother of, the, um, 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 uh, what is, uh, forget the mother. and the father of mischief, <laughs> it was a three-part thing, and he obviously considered gambling to be an evil, <clears throat> and it is because when a person wins money, uh, they're just thinking about themselves. Somebody lost the money that they won. What the Frank, hell is he talking Frank, about? Man. And Frank is just here like. No, no yeah, okay. I'm, I'm Frank, like, I'm here for all of it. Come on, let me hear, let me hear it all. Well, remember, Frank goes, uh, we have eight empty lines, and that's, then a guy like Alan. That's what's going on. on. A guy like Alan really is the jackpot when he, when he, if he calls at the right time. He gets to give all his, all his truths and all his proverbs. Oh, gosh. And then, talking about proverbs, he says, not for me. So there's an old proverb that says, uh, you know, uh, uh, if I am. So there's an old proverb that says, uh, you know, uh, uh, if I am not for me, who will be for me? If I am only for me, what am I? I'm a disgusting fat pig. Okay. Right. I'm not familiar with that proverb. Who said that? Socrates. <laughs> Socrates said that one. Plato. <laughs> yeah, Plato. That sounds like Plato. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> he, he made that up and threw that in for free. <laughs> and he, Frank was uh, eating it all up. <laughs> he said, Frank, since you, since you were so good about the last one, here, take this take this one for wait, free. Wait, wait. I got to hear that again. The proverb that's not for me. <laughs> so there's an old proverb that says, uh, you know, uh, uh, if I am not for me, who will be for me? If I am only for me, what am I? I'm a disgusting fat pig. Okay. Right. I'm not familiar with that proverb. <laughs> he got it from. He got it from the Bible. I think he found that in the Bible. He's not familiar <laughs> yeah. with that proverb. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that one. That's in the back of the Bible somewhere. The guy sounded like a cow chewing its cud. <laughs> If not for me, then it's all for me. But if it but if it ain't for me, then it's not for me. Oh, but if God. it is for me, I'll take it. Oh man! If it is, if it is for me, I'll take it. That unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's great stuff, Frank. Man, great stuff. Oh God! Like, we, we come to you for the jewels, Frank. Can I have? Uh, can I hear that one more time, please? One more time. So there's an old proverb that says, uh, you know. Uh, if I am not for me, who will be for me? If I am only for me, what am I? I'm a disgusting fat pig, okay? Right, I'm not familiar with that proverb. Not familiar with that <laughs> proverb. Now, that sort of coincides 
with my definition of a woman. A woman can be a man who is no longer a woman, but can get pregnant like a woman, but is still a man. That makes almost the same nonsense that but, we just heard there. But he said it with such confidence that he, <laughs> like, you would buy into it. And Frank was going, oh, I, I never yeah. heard that proverb. Frank, like, I'm, I'm going to put that in my sermon <laughs> at, at, when I preach next week, Reverend Morano. They didn't, they didn't teach me that at NYU. Yeah, and, and when Frank is preaching next week, you know he's a reverend. Here's my new sermon, if it's not for me. <laughs> if it's not for me, then it is for me. And if it's not for you, then it's for me. But if, it, if, if it's for all of us, then I'm going to keep it. And oh, then, therefore, God. I get everything. Oh, that Mama Luke, Frank Morano. Anyway, he talked about humans going extinct. Uh, where are you on uh, humans going extinct? I'll put it this way. I had a dinner party about three weeks ago, and I had some professors over at the house, and we were talking about artificial intelligence, and I was showing them the state of the art. They were stunned and depressed and scared by the end of the night, and that is the, that is the right way to be. People are going to think that, well, I'm just being alarmist. This is just a, a person who's just trying to get attention. This is real. Yo, first of all, Curtis, who brought this guy to the dinner party? <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst dinner guest ever. <sighs> now, if you don't mind, I got to hear that one again. These they, these guys speak in riddles. They speak in riddles. Uh, where are you on uh, humans going extinct? I'll put it this way. I had a dinner party about three weeks ago, <laughs> and I had some professors over in the house, and we were talking about artificial intelligence, and I was showing them the state of the art. They were stunned and depressed and scared by the end of the night. And that is the that is the right way to be. People are going to think that, well, I'm just being alarmist. This is just a, a person who's just trying to get attention. This is real. Yeah, wow. Was that is that what he was going for? Was he, <laughs> this is a dinner party. Is he trying to scare and alarm and, and make everybody? And then what about Frank's listeners? Like, they got to go to sleep after this. No, no, no. They, it's fear, fright, hysteria, and hype. Yeah. Then they talk about the movie The Terminator. And in the movie The Terminator, which is going to sound like Sarah Connor. No, I, I've said I've used the same analogy, and I don't have your expertise. <laughs> it's real. Well, we did it. It's over. It's here. And in three years, the first artificial living thing, in a certain sense, is going to arrive on Earth. And we have no idea what to expect from this thing. It's going to be smarter than us. And it sounds crazy, right? But that's exactly what's happening. We created our successors. This guy sounds crazy. Frank, well, Frank is all in <laughs> with both feet. He's like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I said the same exact thing. This guy but, sounds like a loony kazoony from Parts Unknown. But I don't have this your expertise. I don't have your expertise, but I said the same exact well, thing. Well, let's listen to him describe again the movie The Terminator. And in the movie The Terminator, which is going to sound like Sarah Connor. No, I, I've said I've used the same analogy, and I don't have your expertise. It's real. <laughs> well, we did it. It's over. It's here. And in three years, the first artificial living thing, in a certain sense, is going to arrive on Earth. And we have no idea what to expect from this thing. It's going to be smarter than us. Mm -hmm. And it sounds crazy, right? But that's exactly what's happening. We created our successors. But who is this Cavon? I don't know who he is, but he's not getting invited back to my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> who brought this guy? <laughs> He speaks in riddles. I fed you tonight, and this is what you do? Wow. 
who invited this guy? I didn't invite him. I don't even know this guy. And then Frank, he's just like humming along with the guy. Oh, he's oh, in. Yeah. oh yeah, I got it. I, I got it. I said the same exact thing, but not with your expertise. And then they start talking about tweets and responding to tweets. Uh, this is actually, we'll begin with a tweet from John Walsh, who responds to the WABC tweet. That's our station in New York. Encouraging people to listen to me, this John Walsh writes, very classy manner, don't waste your time, the guy's a schmuck. There you have it. There you go. I uh, appreciate the being very direct on that. Very, very nice. Uh, short, sweet, and accurate. Completely Completely accurate. accurate, short, sweet, to the point. This guy must be a writer. I would have said, not only is he a schmuck, he's a putz, too. I think Socrates said this, too. <laughs> he, Socrates got quoted twice today. <laughs> oh, oh, and then he wants to go after Jeff Bezos's Washington Post. The new national education test results arrived this month. And uh, there's a bunch of articles about this. And I know Danielle Allen in the Washington Post wrote a column about this. Who, by the way, I will say, I, I will mention, we invited her on this program. She never got back to me. So I shouldn't even give her credit for this column. I forgot about that until just now. Frank, it's the Washington Post, not the Staten Island Gazette. People, nobody knows who you are. She's not going to get back to you. Wow. He is so filled with his own self-worth. That he thinks if he calls the Washington Post, they're going to drop they're everything. They're going to drop everything. Because they get to be on the Frank Morano show. show. <laughs> oh, God. And who was just on the Frank Morano show? We don't know. Like, Jesus, Frank. <laughs> give me one person that I respect that was on your show, and I'll come on. Nope. <laughs> well, I'll try you again another another six months. <laughs> and then... He talks about Tara Reid going to Russia, the peace movement, and no response. Tara Reid, a little bit different. A little, little, little bit different. There was always something I found a little off about her. I thought her um, accusations against Biden were very weak, and I felt she had some sort of an agenda. Now, I did <laughs> because I'm, you know, I'm in touch with a lot of people in the peace movement. Of course. And so I got her email address the other day, I think with her permission. I think. Somebody said, hey, can we give Frank Morano your email address? And I think she said, okay. So a week or two ago, I emailed her, and I invited her on this program. No response. No response. <laughs> I, think I, I scammed her email, and she still shot me down. Nobody responds to this guy. Does he not real? Tulsi Gabbard. No. No. Uh, Senator Cinema from Arizona. Uh-uh. No. Selena Gomez. No. no. I think I had a permission to get it. I'm not sure. I think she wanted me to have it. But you know what? I might be wrong. Well, let, let's hear that again because it seems he's always having the door slammed in his face. This is shaking Tara money. Reed, uh, a little bit different. A little, little, little bit different. There was always something yeah, I found in the a little beginning. off. About her. I thought her um, accusations against Biden were very weak, and I felt she had some sort of an agenda. Now, I did because I'm, you know, I'm in touch with a lot of people in the peace movement. Uh-huh. Yep. And so yeah. I got 
her email address the other day. You didn't get I it from her. her permission. Somebody said, hey, can we give Frank Morano your email address? And I think she said, okay. So a week <laughs> or two ago, I emailed her, and I invited her on this program. No response. No response. Does he, does he get the message that people don't want to be on that show? Yeah, that's a lot of guesswork, man. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not emailing some chick if I don't know she want me to have her email address and she and she don't want me to email her. So the the this response before that was that the writer for the Washington Post never got back. Would not get back to him. No. Now Tara Reid would not get back to him. That would not get back to him. Who gets back to him? He, I'm telling you, he's running out of people to turn him down. He's gonna have to start using like famous animals. Like Mr. Ed or somebody. Oh my God! It's, it's getting it's getting ridiculous, man. And he has no self esteem. He doesn't assume that maybe it's him. <laughs> maybe because he calls him over and over again frantically that they think he's some kind of stalker, some kind of weirdo, and steals their email. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Frank. <laughs> How'd you get my email, Frank? <laughs> I think I thought you wanted me to have it. What? Who are you? <laughs> you sure you didn't want me to have it? That's what I thought. Maybe I was wrong. So anyway, want to do my show? Oh, God. Uh, no. <laughs> do you have anything important tonight? No. no. <laughs> I just don't want to do your show. No, I don't want to do your show. I'm, I'm washing my hair. I'm doing anything else. I don't want to do your show. I'm sorry. So there it was, the woman from the Washington Post. She won't get back to him. Tara Reid won't get back to him. Who the hell gets back to Frank Morano? And then there's John in Freehold asking, uh, are you for real? Let me take a quick call here from John in Freehold. Hello, John. John, we got you? Yes. Hello? Yeah, John, what's on your mind? Hi, I'm sorry about that. Let me call you back. Are you are you for real? <laughs> Yo, who, who has the show and who's calling in? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Frank, are you calling into his show or is he calling into yours? <laughs> when the callers are hanging up on you without talking, <laughs> it it might be time to it might be time to apply to McDonald's, Frank. <laughs> I gotta hear that again, John in Freehold. Let me take a quick call here from John in Freehold. Hello, John. John, we got you. Yes. Hello. Yeah, John. What's on your mind? Hi, I'm sorry about that. Let me call you back. Are you Are you for real? Boom. Well, that was something. <laughs> Are you for real? Right. Click. He said, he said, Frank, I got anything else to do. I got anything else better to do. I'll call you back, and I know I'll get in. Gosh. He's like, what? hold on, hold on, Frank. I want to change my long-distance carrier. I'll, I'll call you back later. I know I'll get in. I know I'll get in. I won't have a problem getting in. I know it. 1-800-848-9222. Check this out. On the Take a journey with the people's mayor. Curtis Lewa is a politician who says don't trust politicians. It's another side of midnight with Curtis Lewa. The iconic, the legendary Curtis Lewa. This city doesn't sleep and neither does Curtis Lewa on another side of midnight. Oh, yeah. Now, 
to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC. Here's Curtis Lewa. Could that be Frank Morano, King of All Men, or just a Mama Luke? expert Frank Morano struts his stuff but couldn't be more hopelessly wrong the ever controversial Roger Waters continues to be controversial you may remember uh, Roger Waters who was integral and really the the founder I think for one of the most famous rock bands in history Queen and has been a rock and roll star for, I want to say, at least 50 years. Well, yeah. What did he say? He said Queen. He said Queen. No, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Chris, you got to play that again. I can't believe yeah. he didn't know it's Pink Floyd. Yeah, even I do that. Come on. Play one more time, Sam. The ever controversial Roger Waters continues to be controversial. You may remember. Uh, Roger Waters, who was integral and really the the founder, I think, for one of the most famous rock bands in history, Queen, <laughs> and has been a rock and roll star for, I want to say, at least 50 years. <laughs> you know, uh, Frank, you really shouldn't talk about music. I know, and they did a major motion, a major motion picture on Queen. This so. is this is incredible. I was, that's how I know it wasn't Queen. Like I, the, I wouldn't have known who the Roger Waters guy band was. Yeah, but you know that his callers yeah. would have pin slapped him down. Yeah, I, I know it's not Queen. Oh God, that that's, was yeah. that's major mistake number one. Yeah. Then he uh, started to spin stacks of wax that he said. <laughs> That Frank Sinatra would sing, and he wanted to sing along with it as if it was a Mitch Miller sing-along. I am just as steady as that clock on the shelf. Love this. 
Maybe you're accusing me of what you do in yourself. All right, uh, this is one of my favorite Sinatra songs of all time. Hey, why don't you let, why don't you let Frank Sinatra sing it then? Why don't you stop? Sinatra called. He said, stop singing this song. He what? called from the grave. What the hell is this sing-along stuff? I don't know, man. I don't know who put the battery in his back. I mean, he, he's now, he's like, every time this music, <laughs> he's, he's like Mitch Miller. He tries to sing along with gotta, the, the gotta, music. Yeah, you got to jump on in. But he's tone deaf. He's worse than that. Oof. He's worse than that. And then he decides, because he knows he was going to get blowback for that, now is the time <laughs> to take a shot at Curtis Sliwa. You know, the other thing with, with Curtis is sometimes he'll steal McVeigh. You know, he still calls... Mario Cuomo, faccia brutta Mario Cuomo. That um, that means an ugly face in Italian, and that's what my grandfather called me, but he mostly meant it as a turn of, of endearment. But that was actually the name that Jay Diamond gave Mario Cuomo. Curtis stole that nickname and appropriated it from Jay Diamond, and now people think he came up with it. Oh, come Man, on, come Frank. On, come on, Frank. What the hell was that? Come on, Frank. That's a that, that, that's a that's a, a, a that's a large charge. Give credit where credit is due. Uh uh uh. And then how much? How much is stuff? How much did Frank borrowed? And I put borrowed in air quotes. He borrowed. I'm not tired yet from you, right? It borrowed. He stole it. And then the the Metallica song coming in. He borrowed that from somebody else too, right? Yeah, from uh, Mariano Rivera, right? Yeah. Like so, what what original is there about your show that you want to make fun of Curtis for doing what he did? What is Jesus, that? Jesus, Frank. And I was nice enough to let him take that song. I'm not tired yet. And it's a staple. It's every day. Yeah, yeah. And he never gives me credit. Never gives me credit for that. I love that song too, man. To me, it's the best part of his show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just for what it represents, it's like okay, this is the home stretch. <laughs> But let's go. <laughs> I I didn't quite understand. Um, yeah, yeah, please, you, you got to play this cut again, in which he he lambastes me and yeah. basically sets me up for a civil lawsuit. You know, the <laughs> other thing with with Curtis is sometimes he'll steal McVeigh. You know, he still calls Mario Cuomo faccia brutta Mario Cuomo. That um, that means an ugly face in Italian, and that's what my grandfather called me, but he mo mostly meant it as a turn of, of endearment. Mostly. But that was actually the name that Jay Diamond gave Mario Cuomo. Curtis stole that nickname and appropriated it from Jay Diamond, and now people think he came up with it. Oh. But put him in put him in the witness stand. Right, let's, let's get Frank <laughs> Morano in that witness stand. God, he... He is constantly shifting. He's constantly uh, doing a pivot and shift, as Eric Adams would say, or as we would say, the old flip-flop routine. Man, that's what I mean. Like, with so much of his show that's been borrowed, quote-unquote, like, I don't see how he would do that. He, yeah, who wants us to return a cup of sugar that he had borrowed. <laughs> a cup of sugar, really? <laughs> God. Yeah, that's, that's uh, funny. Mm. Anyway, uh, here's uh, Frank just rubbing it in. Primary author of the Declaration of Independence, I'm sure even Matt Blaze knows this, was... Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, good old TJ. Uh, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they wrote a play about him. 
Um, well, no. Well, that was actually Hamilton that they wrote the play about. I think you got the two of them confused. <laughs> no, I don't. Because uh, Hamilton and uh, Jefferson, they were swapping slaves and all this stuff. Right. Well, I mean, uh, the the I, I think you're a, li- a little confused, but they did do a play. I, I think you have to check with Curtis on this. Curtis knows. Whoa. 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 <laughs> yeah, we tired of you, Frank. <laughs> Whoa. Frank, you got like a 15% success rate. Well, forget the Encyclopedia Britannica. Forget Google. Check with Curtis. The, the, the name you know, the name you trust. Yeah, and just imagine how many people are storming the Bastille and they want to go to Curtis now. They don't want to hear that. And then uh, speaking of Alexander Hamilton, uh, Frank uh, wasn't looking all that hard until all of a sudden uh, the Walmart people, you, everyone else, started to rope them in, reel them in, and tell them, hey, you got to talk local issues. The um, other play is Hamilton. Jefferson is in that play because he was a political rival of Hamilton's. There's no slave slop- swapping of Jefferson and Hamilton. In fact, I don't believe Hamilton owned slaves. His father-in-law, uh, Schuyler, he owned slaves. That's true. That's why they're trying to rename a bunch of streets for him now. But uh, I don't believe Hamilton himself owned uh, owned slaves. Well, Frank, I'm sorry to inform you. <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton did own slaves. Wow! And as you figured, if he's on if he's on this this segment of the show, Frank was wrong yet again. I got a nickname for, for a, a new nickname for him to add to the many. It's wrong again, Murano. <laughs> Good old wrong again, Murano. I like that. I like that. Oh, wow. And, and we were expecting. We were expecting them. But it ain't coming. It ain't happening. Meantime, there are rules to throw out the first, well, not throw out the first pitch, but to throw the first punch. I had no idea that this father threw the first punch. I really do think it changes my view of this situation a bit. I look, No question, they shouldn't have, once they body slammed him, they probably could have just walked away. Yeah. yeah. You know, Frank, like, look, man, I found, once I found this out, now I'm on the other side. Now I'm with the mob. <laughs> <laughs> I was protecting the guy. I was, I was sticking up for the guy. But then there's just certain things you don't do. That's the Murano way. Hmm. That's the Frank Morano way. You don't throw the first punch. The Frank Morano way. But they didn't have to kill him. They could have just body slammed him a few times and then left it at that. Speaking of kill, he was asked a question if he were a fugitive, where would Frank Morano go? My view is if you throw the first punch, all bets are off. You need to be prepared for whatever comes next. Now, maybe that's a naive way at looking at Fighting, maybe that's a naive way at looking at a father trying to protect his teenage uh, stepson. I, I, I view this situation very differently now, knowing that this man threw the fu- the first punch. So now, what did that uh, end up uh, becoming, Frank? And I've thought to myself, where would I go into hiding? So I was thinking to myself yesterday, I said, let me look at the list of countries that do not extradite to the United States. And this was the list that I came up with. And I thought to myself, gee, where would I go that would be a fun place to spend the next few decades 
and live comfortably. Well, Curtis, he the most of the countries he ran off for the extradition list were in Africa. Mm. So where could a pudgy little Italian guy not stick out in Africa? Oh, they'll always stick out. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to figure out where would he really go. Well, I'll tell you a place that he can't go, which is uh, St. Kitts, that's for sure. There are certain countries, too. I don't see this on here. I thought St. Kitts was one, too. I'm not seeing that on my list. Is that actually a country, St. Kitts? <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah it's where, it's where uh, Hamilton's from. Mm-hmm. He was born there. Uh, Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. No, I think... Uh, Al- St. Nevis, uh, Nevis and St. Kitts. Uh, N- same, uh, uh, yeah. Hamilton was actually born in... Um, it, it was not St. Kitts. Oh, the museum down right. there from his... It was uh, no. It it was not. It was. It wasn't St. Kitts. He wasn't born in uh, in St. It's St. Kitts. I think it was. Um, you know. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll look it up. But I. I, I don't. I, I remember it not being uh, St. Kitts. But um, we'll uh, we'll look into that one. God, Frank, he's confused. Frank, let your friend help you. He's trying to help you not look so bad. He's trying to throw him a lifeline. A lifeline. He's trying to throw you a lifeline, and you just keep turning it away. Well, let's. Uh... Let's give out the numbers, 1-800-848-9222. This is Another Side of Midnight with Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC. Here's Curtis Lewa. The cheese tax, the cheese tax. You're going to pay the cheese tax every time you're cooking. When the cheese comes out, this puppy comes looking. The rules are the rules and the facts are the facts. And when the cheese drawer opens, you got to pay the tax. The cheese tax, the cheese tax. Hand it over quick or things might get ugly. I can get really loud. I'm a really barky puppy. I'm not just asking because I'm looking for snacks. This is real important business and you've got to pay the tax. The cheese tax, the cheese tax, the cheese tax. Oh, that should be a theme song for Frank Morano who loves his fromage. Yeah, but he don't eat dairy, though. <laughs> That's right. And he, oh, and he eats Greek yogurt. Yeah, only and cheese. No, it's, it's Greek yogurt. Greek yogurt and cheese, but he don't like dairy. Anything other than that, he don't like dairy. <laughs> Meantime, his dream came true. He finally was invited onto a TV show, but he had the ugliest suit that has ever come out of the hands of a haberdasher. My neighbor, Deborah, whose birthday it is today, she writes um, of the uh, of the segment while she was watching it. She wrote to me, "I like the shape of the coffee mugs." That's what she wrote. Now I I write back that um, that's exactly what I was going for. I was trying to pick a coffee mug shape that you would respond to. Wow, man, that is so low budget. That's bad. That's like clearly, if you don't have nothing good to say, don't say anything at all. And then. He had mixed reviews to his first TV appearance and performance. Very mixed reviews on the on the suit that I was wearing. Uh, my friend Obi Murray said, "Be yourself, but get rid of the plaid for TV. It's tough to get a good picture with any pattern. It is never one hundred percent, so it works in some shots and angles." I always tell clients, "No white shirts, not patterns." Uh, I'll bet Dan has you on more. 
Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about his performance. It's, you got to see that suit, man. Looking like pajamas. God, it like glows in the dark. Looking like looking like a waffle iron. Po- it's polyester waffle weave. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where the hell he got it. That's the kind of a jacket that they sell in Milwaukee. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. This oh, jacket. man. And then even the former governor, McGreedy, weighed in on it. This is ridiculous. He looks like he was, is is showing up late to the gym. This is absurd. So are you gonna have you gonna have a uniform in the center? No. So well, what's the uniform? We're, the we're gonna come right boat. here, navy blue. We're gonna he red should, ties, white shirts, no, Frank. He, he Frank, should Frank, have the checks, enough the respect. The check jacket's well, gotta go. Fair enough. But <laughs> They spend 10 minutes talking about this goofball Frank Morano's suit jacket. Hey, I'm not going to take shots from McGreevy, Frank. You should have got up right there. Flip the, turn the table over. Oh, man. <laughs> you got the ex-governor taking shots at you on TV now. But no. Uh, Jim McGreevy continued lampooning Frank and picking on him. Oh, I wish I were an Oscar Mayer Frank. That is what I truly like to be. For if I were an Oscar Mayer Frank, everyone would be in love with me. Oh, I'd be so savory and oh, so fine. With the flavor that's truly divine. I'd be juicy, plump, and oh, so grand. The tastiest Frank in all the land. Oh, I'm glad I'm an Oscar Mayer Frank. That's what I'd really love to be, because if I were an Oscar Mayer Frank, everyone would be in love with me. Oh, gosh. Come on, man. Run now. (laughs) The tastiest Frank in all the land. (laughs) Frank proclaimed himself to be the tastiest Frank in all the land. Can I hear that one more time, please? The tastiest Frank in all the land. God, what is wrong with and, this guy? And, but, but he did it with some vibrato. Like, he's trying to sing. Like, that was a I'd performance. Be juicy, plump, and oh, so grand. <laughs> <laughs> the tastiest Frank in all the land. Save it for the shower store. Yeah. Come on, Frank. Wow. Frank, come on. That is really bad. <laughs> Think of your family. Ooh. Think oh. of your family, man. God. Frank, I don't understand how you can, like, this is, I, I don't know, Curtis. I tell you this all the time, especially when we go over this thing. I'm like, Curtis, what's up with your guy, man? Curtis, if you consider yourself to be a friend, this is this is you. You might as well be singing this song, Curtis. I got I to gotta do an intervention. There has to be an intervention. Because he was no choir boy. He was an altar boy. <laughs> I'd be juicy, plump, and oh so grand. That sounds homoerotic. Can I hear that song again? This is almost like homoerotic. Oh. I wish I were an Oscar Mayer Frank. <laughs> that is what I truly like to be. Oh, God. He, he harmonizes with it. Oscar Mayer Frank. <laughs> Everyone would be in love with me. Oh, I'd be so savory and oh, so fine. With the flavor that's truly divine. Oh. I'd be juicy, plump, and oh, so grand. The tastiest Frank in all the land. I can see Rachel 
Marshall packing oh, right now. Oscar Mayer, Frank. That's why the cab I out front. Because if I were an Oscar Mayer, Frank, everyone would be in love with me. Now. <laughs> he packing Carmine up in the car seat. That's it. I hung, <laughs> I hung in there for long enough. Man, That's it. We're getting the hell out yeah, of here. It's getting worse. It's not getting better. <laughs> the tastiest Frank in all the land. <laughs> he that... actually sings now on I'm, his show. I'm, not, I'm the tastiest <laughs> Frank in all of the land. He is the worst singer I've ever heard. <laughs> the tastiest Frank in all of the land. Is he tone deaf? Good job, Does Frank. Does he not know? He can't hold a tune? My man, Frank. <laughs> he thinks he's Frank Sinatra here. Yep. I'd be juicy, plump, and oh so grand. <laughs> hey, Frank, man. Look, I, I, I know I joke around, man, but... It... <laughs> the tastiest Frank in all the land. I mean, Frank, like, you really got to, you know, you got to do something about this, man. Like, you know, I figured maybe a line or two. He's, he sings the whole song. But, I'd be juicy, plump, and oh, so grand. <laughs> now, look, Carmine's, Carmine's friends are going to find this and use it against Carmine. <laughs> like, you got to think. You got to think about everybody when you do this stuff. Oh, God. Jesus, Frank. Yeah. Hey, Carmine, is this your daddy? <laughs> No. The tastiest Frank in all the land. No, I do not know that man. Oh, no. I'd have no recollection of that man. Oh, man. <laughs> Come on, call the cops when Frank pick him up at school. Help, help, I'm being abducted. I'd be juicy, plump, and oh, so grand. Come on, Carmine, we're going over to Auntie to pick up some egg salad. Who is this stranger? Who is this stranger? Frank in all the land. As soon as you hear him talk, you you, you can mash up the voices. Wait a minute, that's the guy from that song. Oh, man. That's the guy from that song that went viral. (laughs) Why the hell does he sing? Oh, man. Doesn't he realize people are just going to go click, 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 click? Stick to Sinatra. Hey, Sinatra <laughs> called again from the grave. He said, look, sing my song. Don't sing that. Yeah, sing the coffee song. Yeah. Walk around with your coffee mug. Sing the coffee song. Uh, you can sing my song. Just don't sing that, man. Oh, man. Good Lord. I'm telling you. I, I, I don't know how you go through 20 hours of Frank Morano dissecting and bisecting all of his... Uh, Sort of eccentric statements that he doesn't even have recall about. Look, man, it's a free country, man, and I'm glad that you feel free enough to sing it, Frank. I'm glad that you feel free enough to do that. The tastiest Frank in all the land. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you think he could do the pitch for Oscar Mayer? Oh, please. What do you think? Oscar Mayer, they already got the season to going to his house. <laughs> I'd be juicy, plump, and oh, so grand. The tastiest Frank oh, in all God. the land. Shut up! Hey, Frank, Frank, uh, Frank Morano, although we appreciate your attempts to, to push our product, Woo. we must demand that you immediately... Cease and desist using our theme song. You know, Ric Flair would have said, Woo! Yeah. <laughs> what was that? What was that?
Anyway, up next, ladies and gentlemen, it's the march of not the wooden soldiers, the illegal aliens as they continue to pour into our city. You gotta pay the cheese tax every time you're cooking. When the cheese comes out, this puppy comes looking. The rules are the rules and the facts are the facts. And when the cheese drawer opens, you gotta pay the tax. The cheese tax, the cheese tax. Hand it over quick, or things might get ugly. I can get really loud, I'm a really barky puppy. I'm not just asking, cause I'm looking for snacks. This is real important business, and you gotta pay the tax. Check this out. On the weekend, Ufa. take a journey with the people's mayor. Curtis Lewa is a politician who says don't trust politicians. It's another side of midnight with Curtis Lewa. The iconic, the legendary Curtis Lewa. This city doesn't sleep, and neither does does Curtis Lewa on Another Side of Midnight. Oh, yeah. Now, to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC, here's Curtis Lewa. Looking at the world through the sunset in your eyes Juggling the train you know where riding on the Marrakesh Express? Don't you know where riding on the Marrakesh Express? They're taking me to Marrakesh all on board the train. All on board the train. I've been saving all my money just to take you there. I smell the garden in your Blanca going south Blowing smoke rings From the corners of my My, 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 my mouth Going from the sand in the air Charming cobras in the square Stretch your leathers We can wear at home Well, let me hear you now Don't you know we're riding On the Marrakesh Express Don't you know we're riding On the Marrakesh Express They're taking me to Marrakesh Don't you know we're riding on the Marrakesh Express Don't you know we're riding On the Marrakesh Express They're digging me to Marrakesh All on board the train All on board the train All on Sunset in your eyes Traveling the train Through glimmer rock and skies Ducks and pigs and chickens Call animal carpet Wall to wall American ladies Five foot tall and blue Sweeping cobwebs From the edges of my mind Had to get away To see what we could find 
get away to see what we could find. Hope the days that lie ahead bring us back to where they've led. Listen not to what's been said to you. Don't you know where I be? You know, they need a catchy tune on these buses with all these illegal aliens flooding in and now being shifted from spot to spot depending on the problems. I don't know if they could sing this classic Crosby, Stills, Nash, Nash & Young uh, song, uh, Marrakesh Express, which is really about going uh, to North Africa to get hashish. Because it appears many of these illegals have been scoring drugs. Two of them uh, died of an overdose in Bushwick on Jefferson Street outside of a shelter there. Others have been seen walking around the city of New York. Supposedly they don't have uh, two nickels to rub together. And yet they're selling weed and they're smoking weed. They've learned the American way. You get here to New York City... And it's one big purple haze. Puff, puff, pass. Meet you a con, meet you a con, meet you a con. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let me uh, tell you what the big dilemma in Albany is. It isn't about no bail, no, 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 no cash bail. It's not about the continued flood of illegal aliens into our city where few of any uh, other areas want them other than George Latimer, the county executive in Washington based in White Plains, who has said, give me your tired, give me your poor, and all we've done is put them in a Ramada Inn on Tuckahoe Road in Yonkers, where the corrupt mayor, Mike Sano, no doubt is getting kickbacks. Probably. And yet we were told by Rob Astorino, who is on air here at WABC Saturdays after left versus right. That's me and Anthony Weiner from 3 to 4. And then it's Rob Astorino, the former Westchester County executive from 4 to 5 every Saturday, said that there were scouts that were in New Rochelle and White Plains looking for locations. And, George, I'll accept all of your illegal aliens, Latimer. Democratic, liberal, progressive in a sea of blue, which is exactly what Westchester County is in this recent governor, gubernatorial election. Kathy Crime Wave Hokum got 20% more votes in Westchester than did Congressman uh, Law and Order Lee Zeldin. But the big debate in uh, Albany is about whether to rename uh, the uh, Mario Cuomo Bridge, a.k.a. the Tappan Zee Bridge. And originally, the Orange County Senator James Scoofus, the Democrat, had suggested that it go back to just the Tappan Zee Bridge, the original name of the bridge, because it was Andrew Evilized Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I, who under the cover of darkness slipped in the naming, the renaming of the Tappan Zee Bridge in the wee hours of the morning during a budgetary crisis when you had to sign for the whole package and nothing at all. And part of that package was that the Tappan Zee Bridge, a iconic bridge spanning the Hudson River connecting Westchester to Rockland County, would no longer be known as the Tappan Zee Bridge, and it would flip the script to the Mario Fachabruta Como Bridge. Well, now they've asked for a uh, Webster, Senator Webster, Henry Clay-style compromise. And this is it, ladies and gentlemen. 
It'll be renamed the Governor Mario M. Cuomo Tavern Bridge. Oh, how do you think that sounds? Oh, what bridge are you taking? I'm taking the Governor Mario M. Cuomo Tappan Zee Bridge. So they're going to uh, attach both names to the bridge, when in all reality, every person that I've talked to in Westchester or in uh, nearby Rockland County, they just want the old Tappan Zee Bridge. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's one 848 wabc And, oh, talk about the illegal aliens. They're not stopping. They continue to flood into New York City. And why is that? Well, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, insists that he is the number one CEO of the number one business in America, which is running the city of New York. Just as I start the day, every child should start the day with that hope and that true pledge. I do still pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I know what it represents. Do, do we really think that Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, wearing those $5,000 customized suits, uh, who is the mayor of the illegal aliens, not our mayor, their mayor, because we get Ugats, we get Bubkis, except we have to pay the bills. Do we really think that he wakes up in the morning and the first thing that he does is say the Pledge of Allegiance? Do we really think or, or utter the words of the national anthem? Come on now. Come on, Eric. We know you don't do that. Our number is one 800 Let's go to Paulie, who's calling from Paramus. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Paulie. Curtis, how are you? I was just talking to Avery, asking him about if he ever heard George Carlin do the skit on baseball and football. Did you ever hear it? Uh, I vaguely remember seeing that out of the many skits that he did that had him, uh, uh, what was it, uh, what theater there on Broadway in the Upper West Side that he was appearing at. He had a number of appearances there. I think I vaguely remember it. <laughs> Football and baseball, it just tells you the difference. If you got it. You got to watch the skit. It's definitely you and Frank. I'm sure Avery could come up with something. The difference between football and baseball. It's so funny. It's, every time I hear your promo, I think of it. Wow. So George Carlin's routine, talking about the difference. You and Frank. Talking about the difference between baseball and football. It's you and Frank, definitely. Wow. That's incredible. You we'll definitely do that. Thank you, Paulie. Thank you. Our number is one 800 let us go to Larry in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Larry. Yes. Oh, oh. Well, what the hell happened to Larry? Nobody goes to sleep on me until the break of dawn. Nobody. Come on, Larry. There is no bigger insult to any host or hostess in talk radio than to have somebody fall asleep on yours truly. This is unacceptable. Larry is persona non grata. I want him permanently executed. No, make that excommunicated, expelled from consideration as a future caller here to WABC. The acronym stands for Always Broadcasting Curtis. 
Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to William, who's calling from Westchester. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, William. Hi, Curtis. Joe Piscopo's other station is probably grateful for Frank because it drives so many people who'd rather listen to uh, Dr. Liedemann instead. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, taking shots left, right, every which way. I think Frank has to pay that cheese tax, uh, or either that or do the pizza dance. Do we think that Frank Morano could do the traditional pizza dance? The cheese tax, the cheese tax. You gotta pay the cheese tax every time you're cooking. When the cheese comes out, this puppy comes looking. I mean, seriously, Frank eats cheese morning, noon, and night. He eats cottage cheese from the age of five, Breakstone cottage cheese. He eats other types of fromage, and then he goes to the store, he piles it on, and he just eats it, eats it, like there's no tomorrow. And the Greek yogurt. That's right, Greek yogurt, he said, Greek yogurt. But he doesn't eat dairy. Our numbers. <laughs> That's all the dairy he eats, but he doesn't eat dairy. No, no, he doesn't eat any dairy. No. Please. No, 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 no. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. This is Another Side of Midnight with Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC. Here's Curtis Lewa.
Well, well. We keep letting these illegals in. They keep coming by the thousands because they have seen the scenes on Telemundo Channel 47 and Univision Channel 41 in the language of their country of origin, Espanolo. And they just keep coming in and in and in. There's no vetting procedure. There's nobody getting shots. There's nobody been checked for medical conditions. There's nobody that has to do anything but just get on a bus. It's paid for by Catholic charities at the border with federal tax dollars from the Biden administration. And then choose. It's like a wheel of fortune. Just spin that wheel and tell them, I hope it uh, lands on Nueva York, Nueva York, Nueva York. Because New York has the best locations, three-star, five-star hotels, all the amenities. And if you're not happy with the food that you get, you can say it's not culturally appropriate. And they will order you con arroz, habichuelas, beans and rice with a chuleta on top, a pork chop. Or maybe uh, you want mofongo or mangu. Whatever you want. Whatever you want is an illegal alien you get from the city of New York. And as the hundreds of illegals have just moved into a converted former Manhattan prison on 110th Street opposite Central Park, guess what? They had to evacuate after the plumbing there exploded. Very similar to what had happened to... uh, Sid Rosenberg's home in Bell Harbor just days before the Christmas holiday. He was too stunad. He was too stubborn. He was too pretentious. He was too obstinate. And rather than listen to the Irish who have lived out there through all the seasonal changes, he decided to go it alone. Didn't take any precautions. The temperatures plummeted an additional 50 degrees. And his pipes on that Saturday burst. And he's just now getting back on track and probably will move back in his house in two weeks as he has been like a gypsy with his family, moving from hotel to hotel, trying to ward off the incoming illegals who get everything. If you're an American birthed here, you get Ugats, you get bupkis, all you get are the bills because you have to pay them as taxpayers. But let me give you an idea of what happened at that old jail that was opened up on 110th Street. In fact, it was so bad that the plumbing just totally exploded when they opened up the faucet. And now there's water damage that's going to cost millions and millions of dollars to repair. Uh, In the words of one of the Venezuelan single able-bodied men that arrived to Copper Squat, he said, the building is S-H blank T. The plumbing, the pipes, they exploded, and the place is completely flooded. The illegals temporarily vacated, and some were moved to facilities out of town, including 10 bus to Albany, to increase the flow there from 38 to 48. Officials and resources are available in Albany, although they're asking New York City to pay the freight a little more than they're doing so far. And I have a feeling that Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan with the $5,000 customized suits, they're not off the rack, will definitely be accommodating that. (laughs) 
Yeah, you keep laughing. You keep laughing, Eric. You're laughing at all of us. <laughs> the crackers who end up paying for the outrageous numbers of people who are boldly and brazenly coming into our city, getting processed, and then being moved on up and out into suburbs that surround New York City. And as Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb described, why not up here in the North area? Why not to help milk the cows? Why not to help go after deer hunting and do any number of things that will be beneficial to uh, control of the animals and control of land use? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Mario and Beth Page. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mario. Hi, Curtis. First time calling. I've been listening for a couple of months. It's too funny with the Mama Lou. You know, I grew up in Long Beach, and I lived down the street from Bernard McGurk. Hmm. And I'll tell you, uh, anytime you go to Long Beach, Curtis, uh, we had our 50th reunion at Jordan Lobster. You got to check out Jordan Lobster. That was Bernard's favorite joint, you know. And I got to tell you, the Mama Luke, and I said to Bernie on the boardwalk, rest his soul, I don't like your partner. Uh, you know, Sidney Rosenbaum, Rosenberg, he, he's still full of himself. But, Curtis, you keep it going, man. And, uh, you know, we're like cousins. We're like cousins. There's no doubt there. about it. No doubt it. We're going to continue to apply the pressure right now. Sid Rosenberg is uh, in a bind because he's lost his voice as a result of him and his cabal pranking his mother in Sullivan County in the Jewish Himalayas. Of the Catskills. No aim. What is he to do? He's lost his voice. He has no recall. He can't speak. He's barely audible. He's. uh. And one of the cabal members has come in to do the news. That is uh, James uh, Flip Flop there. Who would love to be able to extricate himself from the cabal that is going to take the heat. It didn't go over well when we played what they had done to Naomi, his mother, pranking her to make her think that she was up for being on one of the Sports Illustrated covers. <whistles> Swimsuit edition. Like Martha Stewart at age 82, the boys called up Naomi and faked her out and acted like they were... Uh, producers for the production of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. And they will go to hell for that. There's no doubt in my mind they, James Flippin, Gnome Lady News Director, Justin Ellick, producer, and most importantly, the board operator who has legacy from the days of Don Imus. We'll all go to hell, led by Sid Rosenberg, who now, even if he wanted to apologize to his uh, mother, Naomi, would not have the ability to do so. Are you prepared to publicly apologize, James Flippin, on the 50,000 powerful Watson sound? Uh, apologize for the cabal that came together to do that to Naomi. I just want to mention, first and foremost, because I feel like you have not put this out there at all when you've discussed this, that it was Sid's idea to do this this was you know you're not mentioning the fact that sid did this to his own mom spectacular 
So, you know, it's not like we cooked this up in the newsroom over here. Like, we were like, oh, wouldn't this be great? You know, wouldn't this be something if we could convince poor Naomi? I mean, it was his idea. Oh, and you just went along with it, right? I, You know what, Curtis? I like having a job. I like having a place to work. I like working with you. Why didn't Why didn't you stand up on principle that you would not lambaste Naomi, his mother? You know what? I think that I have an appreciation of talk radio to the extent that a bit like that can be well-received. It can be fun. And now, I don't want to break any news here, but Naomi wants to get back at Sid. So we're now working with Naomi behind the scenes to try oh, to turn oh, the tables a little bit. huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can see you backstabbers. (laughs) When we come back, though, we will play cuts of exactly what transpired on Friday that led to um, Sid Rosenberg losing his voice. As of a few hours to go, when I checked in with him, uh, when he answered the phone, he was, "Uh, uh, uh, uh," I mean, shocked. And my Lucia was put on him. And I don't see any attempt on anybody's part who works here to try to relieve him of that Italian mountain woman's curse, better known as the Malukia. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Is another side of midnight with Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC. Here's Curtis Lewa.
Jim Morrison. He is alive. He is alive. No doubt out there with Elvis somewhere. And Tupac Shakur. Machiavelli. But let's go to the audio tape. Somewhere out there, Sid Rosenberg is laid up and unable to speak. His voice completely shot. And it all occurred when he decided as you heard from James Flippin, one of his co-conspirators, to plan the pranking of his beloved mother, Naomi. After they had consumed so much talk time on the radio in pranking uh, his mother, this is what slowly began to happen to Sid Rosenberg. As a result, his voice was deteriorating by... The minute. So, as of right now, the odds of me working tomorrow are slim. I want to finish today's show and go to the gym, which is making Lou very upset. Why? Why does that bother you? Not making me upset. It's it good, is. It's a good, it's a good plan. <laughs> Why is it a bad plan. plan? Tell me. Tell me. And that was Thursday morning upon his departure at 10. Remember, he was preparing to go out to Riverhead, where... Uh, you take the North Fork to uh, Montauk from there. You take the South Fork. It'll take you to the Hamptons and Quag. But he was going to be speaking uh, Thursday night to uh, people who were going through drug rehab, something that he had gone through many times. But then the very next morning when he showed up for his shift, the voice was shot. And I think as a result of him pranking his mother, the Sicilian mountain women came together and actually cast a spell against him called, in Italian, the Malucchia, the Italian evil eye, which can have a devastating effect. In fact, I want you to uh, listen with specificity to exactly what was being said that caused so much angst, so much grief, and so many troubling uh, follow-up calls as to why Sid Rosenberg was the leader of the pack in pranking his mother. I love Coldplay. You? Oh, it's not going to be easy today. Won't be <clears> easy, <throat> but we, we're going to make it. How do you know? I, I don't just know about know that. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Well, I could, I could see you, so yeah. that's how I know. No, I look great. Yeah, yeah of course, I feel great, great but... yes. But I can't talk. It's going to be rough. Where is Curtis? He has to do the show today. He's going to have to do it. I was on the E-train at that time, heading uh, towards this location. As I'm on uh, every morning, 7.05 now with Sid. Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. But uh, these were the words that had dripped from Sid's lips. And the hyenas, the jackals, uh, and the... 
the worst elements of society that his mother, Naomi, was exposed to, uh, unfortunately. And then we had to put our two cents plane in to try to level the playing field. Oh, my God, you can replace the name for the word angel with my mother in this song. <laughs> Jay Giles, Zenobald. So once again, well, it's been a great show. Bobby Hortman from Mainstream House. I'll be speaking there tonight to some of my brothers and sisters in recovery. He was great. Curtis Sliwa was always tremendous. And Judge Napolitano, really good. Still to come, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, and Joseph Aboud. But I told you earlier that fresh off the Martha Stewart success with the swimsuit issue for Sports Illustrated, my mother, who you guys love, she's become a cult hero here, Naomi Rosenberg, she actually received a phone call, too, from Sports Illustrated. I think two phone calls. And they sent us both calls. Two phone calls in an effort to get her. Like Martha Stewart. My mom is six years older than Stewart. But uh, God bless Naomi, at the age of 88, keeps herself in great shape, still wears a bikini. So, the first call, I guess, and this guy says he's a fan of mine. I don't know him. I think his name is Bob Rose at Sports Illustrated. He made the first phone call to my mother, and it sounded like this. Hello? Hi, Mrs. Rosenberg. Who's this? This is Bob Rose over at Sports Illustrated. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Not what's, too... what's, what's, what's up? Not too bad. Actually, you know, I'm calling because I'm a big fan of your son, obviously. Uh, you know, listened to him for years on WFAN. And now I'm working on the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. We just had so much success with the Martha Stewart photo shoot that we're reaching out to people with connections to sports uh specifically for me what i'm working on is people connected to sports talk radio and we wanted to reach out to you and kind of gauge you know potentially your interest in being involved in in what sense how would i be involved well you know what we're doing is basically setting up next year's photo shoots yes i don't know if you might have like somewhere nearby there's sometimes you know we'll use a park or maybe like a a pool type setting or something like that and you know we take some very classy photos you know especially in the the swimsuit edition it's more about showing athleticism and you know the power of women and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. well i would have to get back to you i'm busy now with a a project so it's and time element is a problem with me at the moment but no problem i would i would definitely uh consider doing something like this okay great well like i said i'll have uh one of my colleagues reach out really appreciate you taking the call uh big fan of your son over the years uh you know i know he's doing the more you know political and and news oriented stuff now but big big fan of his sports stuff also you know he also gets his his two cents in sports because it's in his blood so absolutely okay mr rose i would definitely uh consider you know having you come to where i am and what? uh thank you so much thank you for taking the call we'll be in touch and thank you have a good day god you watch. too bye-bye love <laughs> okay so that's the first phone call so i swear to god so i'm walking into my building yesterday and my mother calls me and goes oh, god. who is this guy bob rose i go ma 
I don't know what you're talking about. So she explains the call to me. I go, Mom, why didn't you just say yes? This is a big deal. She's like, well, you know, we, maybe he's a pervert. and I don't know even if he should I tell him where I live. And I'm like, yes, tell him everything. Give him everything, Mom. So I go, what is the next phone call? She says, I don't know. She said, some other big shot over there is going to call me next. And I said, okay, when they call you next, the next phone call, agree to do it. It's a big deal, Mom. So sure enough. And by the way, he is a pervert. (laughs) So sure enough, there was a second phone call. And I believe this is the one where Naomi Rosenberg agrees to do this. So, um, and, and my mom is on hold, mind you. She's going to join us live right after this. Can't make this up. So here's the second phone call from the Sports Illustrated swimsuit photo office to my mom in Conneaunga Lake, Naomi Rosenberg. Hello. Hey, is this Naomi? Speaking. Bob Lipschitz from Sports Illustrated Magazine. How are you? I'm good, Bob. How are you? I'm the final hurdle you have to get through before we can put you in Sports Illustrated Magazine. I'm the one they they make ask the tough questions. Okay. I know we asked you about a bikini. Do you feel comfortable posing in a bikini? I have no problem with that. That's all I wear. I don't even own a one-piece bathing suit. We approached Hillary Clinton to be on one side. She'd be on the left side of this pictorial as, you know, because she's left-wing. And because you're right-wing, we'd have you on the right. I was going to say that. I was going to say, I don't know if that's going to work with her because I am on the right side, not the left side. So tell me if you'd be comfortable with this. We'd have you in the swimming pool. And you'd have a Uzi, you'd have your bikini on and an, uh, an Uzi machine gun and bullets across your chest. So, you know, to show how right wing you are. Is that okay? And then our other thought okay. is what we do is we shoot video at the same time. So we'd have you coming up the stairs of the pool to some form of music. Do you have something, some sort of music that you're really comfortable with? Like I was thinking maybe, you know, ba da 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 Da, yeah, da, anything da, but this. Da, I'm not da, into da, heavy da, metal or these uh, or the new music of today. Uh, this is kind of an uncomfortable question, but I'll, I'll just ask it anyway because we did this with Martha Stewart. Like, like Bill Clinton took private pictures of Hillary Clinton, and and so we're going to ask him to share some of those. Do you have private pictures, maybe that your husband took that you might feel comfortable, or something that you feel really sexy in? Well, um, I have like. One like just coming out of the shower. What? But I'm part. I'm covered, you know, of course. But you see, like part of my leg, and it's like a towel around me. It's, you know, it's definitely a sexy picture. Who, who took that picture? My husband, of course. Who else? <laughs> So I think we're all good. I am going to um, take you. There's one more level, and uh, we'll give you a hour back, and it was really a pleasure talking to you. It was a pleasure talking to you. Oh, God, what a disgrace. James Flippin, you will die and go to hell, along with the news director, Noam Layden, for doing that, for setting up poor Naomi in Sullivan County up there in the Jewish Himalayas. Where I would the, like to apologize. Yeah, you are. You would. Yeah, I would. I would like to. Apologize. All right. Well, she's listening right now. Could you do it on behalf of the cabal and Sid Rosenberg, who can't talk now? Naomi, I'm so sorry. So so sorry. <laughs> you're laughing. You're, you're making me laugh. Wow, you really aren't sorry. I am. It's. I'm nervous because it really makes me feel bad that you know it was such an effective 
I understand that Noam Layden was supposed to be in here today, and he went down for the count. I'm telling you, you don't mess with the maluk here. I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling a little under the weather myself, actually. <laughs> let me hear Jim Morrison. Let me hear it. Oh, and part two's coming up. Could you believe what they did in pranking Sid Rosenberg's mother? They will never, ever, ever be forgiven for this disgraziat, for this shanda. Is another side of midnight with Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC. Here's Curtis Lewa. Sid Rosenberg to bear for pranking his mother, Naomi. He's lost his voice completely. James Flippin gave no apology whatsoever on behalf of Noam Layden, who also has come down ill. Yeah, he's also got the grip. Uh, I don't know what the condition of Justin Ellick, uh, one of the hyenas and jackals that were laughing at Lou Rafino, the board operator, but they were having fun. At Naomi's expense. And uh, this is how they continued on, like jackals and hyenas. Right, so there it is. I had no idea my mom had like almost uh, like a semi-naked picture that my father took. So, but yeah, who knows? Good luck in therapy with that. Yeah, <laughs> So here she is, everybody, the great Naomi Rosenberg, my mom. Mom, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. How are you? Is everybody having fun? (laughs) 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 So are you going to do this? You know what, Sydney? I'm waiting for more particulars. I committed to do it. I don't have a problem in a bathing suit and a bikini coming out of our pool, which our pool is not open yet, of course. No, of course. But this, this is happening for next Have time, um, but I will see what else. What else? All right. You know what else they're really going to come about? Right. If they ask you to do something naked, ma, don't do it, please. I'm begging you, don't do no, that. No, I would never do that. Well, you crazy? What was you a lot of money? I want your daddy jumping out of the grave? God forbid. What if they offered you a million dollars, Daddy? Be okay with that? No. 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 There's no amount of money no that of would money. do that. No he was way. Too, too important and too precious to me. Forgetting about no. my no. feelings. Yeah. I have to respect him, even though he's not here anymore. Yeah. But it's supposedly going to be in good taste, so we'll see, Sydney. Yeah. You know I am i don't have a problem. You know yeah. I'm tough. Oh, very tough. Everything has to be, you know, correct. You saw that white bikini that barely covers your boobies, Mom? That one that you wore for like 20 years in Florida? I mean, everything I have barely covers these girls that I own. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna wear a bikini, you know, sure. and that's whatever shows. But it's gonna be I don't I'm not doing no butt 
bikini or in, you know, what showing. What bikini? So, what are you talking so, you about? Know, you, you know, I'm not do doing that. one of these. No. 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 So, well, again, it's going to be. What did, what did your I daughter do. say? Well, what did your daughter say? My sisters, are they for I didn't discuss it with anybody, Sydney. Yeah. I only discussed it with you. Right. Because I wanted to make sure that it was a safe thing to do and that's the only reason i didn't discuss it with the soul right and now let's see where this takes us you know i again i i did commit but uh Hmm. nothing is written in stone i don't know what class to sign anything or whatever sure and if i do have to do that then of course i will seek you again well then you got to call your daughter-in-law danielle and make sure this is a legal contract that's what i mean danielle are you getting paid for this mom are they going to pay you for this well, I'll, off the year, I'll tell you what's happening. Okay. I'd really not discuss, you know, I think it's still Sports Illustrated, and I don't know if they'd want me to divulge anything like mm-hmm. this. But I, off the year, yeah. I will tell you what the deal is. So, Mom, did it ever occur to you at any point during either one of these phone calls that, I don't know, maybe, just maybe, it was one of the guys from my show that made a call to you and not really Sports Illustrated? Well, that's why I say it. that's why I call you because I, yeah. I, you know, this came out of you know just yeah. came out of the right out of the year. But I now that you've had these two phone calls, you feel like it's it's it is legitimate, right? It, it's it's a legitimate thing, yes. Well, I think so. Sure. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I have no way of proving this, of course. Yeah. So I yeah. see what what's going to follow, and then I will have to have sure. you have to be advised. Uh-huh. Because right. I don't want to get into something where it's no, no. you know not 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 safe for me too. Of I course. still live here alone, oh, of course. you know. No, I love you. I'd never and, do that. Uh, right. And so, you know, that's why I can't do this anymore. Mom, say hello to Gnome Laden. Gnome. Uh, yes. You, uh, you and Jim, who both work in our news department, those are the two phone calls to my mother. Neither one of you guys have ever worked with Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. ever. But you guys set up these phone calls, and it was brilliant, hilarious stuff. So right now, Noam, yes, you need to tell Naomi the truth. Well, Naomi, the truth is, is that your <laughs> I'm going to blame your granddaughter. Your granddaughter Ava called us up over the weekend, sinful, and she said, "Please, you'll make me smile so widely and laugh so hard if you play this prank on my grandmother and tell her she's going to be in the senior citizen edition of Sports Illustrated." Oh no, uh, wasn't Ava? Was and uh, we love Ava, so we couldn't say no. <laughs> so. I guess oh, I'm the one boy. that has to tell you that neither of those calls were real. Okay, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself, lipshits. Oh, God. <laughs> Laughing like hyenas, like jackals. They will pay for this. You will pay, James Flippin. Your colleague, Noam Laden, news director, has lost his voice. Sid Rosenberg continues not to be able to speak. When I called him earlier on Saturday, he was... uh, uh, uh. And Justin Ellick, who knows what's happened to him and uh, Lou Ruffino. Never mess with uh, Naomi. Never prank her. Never make fun of her. You just don't do that, guys. It's the truth. So alive.